Leading Britain's conversation. You're listening to a podcast of The Steve Allen Show from LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. Welcome to Monday, the weekend, the heat, the poor people running, the people who didn't make very much money for charity and uh, the people who did make an awful lot of money for charity. Either way, I think it was about the hottest marathon they'd ever had. A lot of people collapsing in the heat. Uh, Some of our runners... Uh, you know, suffering as well quite bad. Little Simon Conway. I say little Simon Conway. I'm always calling that because I think that's a term of affection. But uh, he had trouble with his legs as well. It wasn't just Katie Price who bottomed out, although Simon completed the uh, the marathon and did uh, did very well. They all did really well, actually. I was really impressed by it. I can't do it. But uh, they all did it, and they all did it very nicely. Very nicely indeed. Uh, so, Amir Khan's latest waste of time fight... I mean, seriously, you know, you might as well have dug this bloke up from a cemetery and brought him into the ring. 40 seconds, what a rip-off. Uh, the sickening depravity of Chloe's future father-in-law and the Daily Mail getting very lazy. They've done a big two-page spread on Dale Winton. It's just lifted from his autobiography. It's just, that's all it is, it's just lifted. They haven't, there's no, you know, they've just copied word for word. So I should be getting a mention any time soon. Uh, funny Girl Dawn shuns acting as writing books, she says, is more fun. And finally, we've accepted the fact that Britain's got no talent. Because all the acts on Britain's Got Talent are from East European circuses and circuses touring the continent. And obviously the audience are so dumb. Was it? I mean, how can it be called Britain's Got Talent when you had a pair of uh, brothers on the other day, or they might not have been brothers, I don't know, but they do a balancing act. It's a circus act. You know, I've seen it a million times with loads of other people. You balance somebody on your head, you walk down the staircase, and then you go back up the staircase, but you do it so... It's all contrived, you know, so all of a sudden the camera will focus on his foot because it's a bit on the edge, and are they going to fall? No, of course they're not. They've done it a million times. They don't fall over, it's contrived. And uh, the audience... And then Amanda stands up, and everybody... Alicia stands up, and I'm thinking, it's a circus act. When they do it in a circus, you don't stand up. Why would you stand up because it's on the television? It was bloody rubbish. It really was. Uh, Rod Stewart says women threw themselves at him, but times were different. <coughs> Excuse me. We all remember days when women threw themselves uh, at you. Not me, obviously. You know. Well, they did, but I just moved to the side and they went straight in the canal. So I didn't uh, sort of bother about it. Uh, they, I love the British men quizzed after the Thai police raided a sex party. Get your head around that one. The Thai police in Thailand raided a sex party. What do they think the industry is over there? It's sex. You know, that's what it is. It's people with ping pong balls and and people sort of, you know, in bars and people don't come here. All that kind of stuff. It's like Babe Station, but in Thai. And then the Thai police raid a sex party. What do they think goes on in the uh, in the. uh... Oh, look, Molly King again. She's got a new boyfriend. He plays cricket. He's very tall, she's very short, and to be honest with you, because she's an attention seeker and he's, nobody's ever heard of him before, I had to ask round here the other day, only if you know cricket would you know who he was. If you don't do cricket, you won't have the faintest idea. He's just a tall bloke who likes going out with short women, I should imagine. A killer whale. The Australians hate him. Oh, why do they hate him? Because he's a bowler. Is he a... Oh, did he cheat again? Oh, damn, I said, it's all the scandal on this programme. It's dreadful, isn't it, really? A killer whale's popped up in the River Clyde. It's McFree Willie. And Gary Barlow's quit booze. Uh, Len has admitted that in the past he smoked a few sploffs. And so, uh, you know, sploffy come dancing, uh, which is uh, interesting. I think most people did it, didn't they? 
I have to be honest, I did, I did try one once. Poof, it's horrible. Horrible, horrible, horrible. Luckily, I grew out of that in about, uh, about five minutes. Uh, also, uh, Pippa and her pooches asked to leave Tesco. She bloody well thinks so, too. She took her dogs into a Tesco. What are you, stupid? You don't take dogs into a food store. That's just disgusting. You tie them up outside. Like everybody, you know, people who do that. Michelle Keegan, I know, she's still going. Still, none of those little jobs she went for in America for the castings. You know, we had all that fed to us. That uh, that amounted to nothing. And she says she's uh, sort of sick to death on the rumours she split with Mark. Although she's already freely admitted she's not going to live in America. So I don't see much hope in, in that one at all. Um, and um, Camilla Parker Bowles claims that she's seen a ghost at one of Charles's mansions. Some unkind person in the office suggested she'd seen herself in the mirror. See, I quite like Camilla. He seems happy with her. I mean, I wish he hadn't married Diana in the first place. She could have had a nice life, I suppose. And uh, Ian says, if the shops continue to close, will the high street resemble the Mari Celeste? Well, it won't even resemble the Mari Celeste, will it? It'll remember, it'll be sort of the Bermuda Triangle, the high street. Because the only things that survive at the moment are coffee shops. Coffee shops and estate agents around our way. Uh, and hairdressers. I've lost track of how many hairdressers we have. We seem to have hairdressers. Within a short space of time, there's one, two, three, four, five, six hairdressers within literally 50 feet of each other. I mean, I've never seen anything so stupid in my entire life. Really is ridiculous in Twickenham. Uh, Also, the papers are asking, Dear God, what did Her Majesty ever do to deserve such rubbish? It's Mrs. Bombastic as Shaggy was sort of singing away to her and she was sitting there. I think, personally, she was plugged into something else. I think she had her iPod going and she's listening to sort of, you know, holster planets because she was tapping her feet to something completely different. I don't think she was remotely interested in Shaggy or anything like that. And then, because she liked George Formby, there was a tribute to George Formby. Now, I love a ukulele. And they had everybody on there. Frank was on there. and Who else was on? There were all sorts of very... Ed Balls, oh, Ed Balls, aren't you bored with Ed Balls? What a dreary little person. About as boring as Anne Whittacombe. Although, actually, her with a ukulele I could kind of go for. I always wanted to play a ukulele. It always looks quite easy, but I'm sure it's not. And who else was on there? It was, um, um, Collar Up. Big Collar. Big Collar. Come on. No, no, Big Collar. Where is it? On the television. It's Harry Hill. Harry Hill, see? You get these blanks. And Harry Hill was on there. He also plays. I didn't realise he, he played as well. He's a doctor, you know, Harry Hill. I love his shows. You know, there's nothing complicated about it. It just shows you funny clips and then there'll be a little bit in the studio. It's lovely. Very nice. And I, I enjoy stuff like that. And so over the weekend, I had to motivate myself yesterday because I got back about uh, half past nine, ten o'clock. We always go out for breakfast on a Sunday. Regent's Park was fairly busy. Fairly busy. The dog's getting slower and slower. We think now it's a matter of a few weeks. But there again, knowing dogs, it could go on for longer. We bumped into Bruce Fogel, who's got two dogs as well. And uh, R1, is sort of, it's not mine, it's Darren's, uh, it's sort of getting slower and slower. And so he lost her in the flat the other day. And he said, he said, I must tell you, he said, I looked around. He said, I went to the sitting room. He said, I couldn't find the dog. He said, I looked behind the settee, under the settee, looked in the kitchen, in the bedrooms, uh, in his office, in the bathroom, couldn't find the dog anywhere. He said, where's the dog gone to? And I said, it's, it's slipped through the letterbox, unlikely. Where was it? It had got stuck behind the door in the bedroom and it was peering out through the gap. You know when you open the door, there's a gap down there and it was peering. It didn't know how to get out from behind the door. <laughs> but he doesn't think it's going to go much longer. But we said that about 18 months ago and it's still going strong. 
he said it's now got to the stage where, you know, he said he he's not going to get another dog. You know, he said, whereas I, I thought he'd get another dog straight away, but not really. Because you have to put some effort into having a dog, don't you? If you've really got a dog, you have to, you have to put some effort into it, you know. And uh, take it out for walks and things like that and pick up poo. You never do it for cats, do you, really? Because they've got litter trays. Our cat used to go in the garden. But it also had a litter tray for sort of those nighttime things. Because all our cat did was sleep. Personally, I think it died about five years before we thought it died. Because it would just spend most of its time... It would only wake up to eat and then go back to sleep again. Life was very cushy for cats. But they know how to milk... You know what cats are like. They know how to milk it. And it was all very good. So I, I did... I got back and I thought, I'll have a lie down. Because I like a little lie down, just for an hour, an hour, half an hour. And I woke up and thought, right, pull yourself together. My next door neighbour has started, you know, doing all her pots. She's very good. She plants her own baskets out and everything else. I cheat. I always buy the baskets. I have made them in the past, but it's easier to go and buy the blooming things. Can't be bothered with the mess. And so they'll be arriving shortly. And then today, then I went out there and I thought, I've got to empty the pots. So I've got all these black bin liners, so I'm emptying the pot, turning them upside down, shaking them, and it all comes out all matted together because the roots of the of last year's plants. And so they're all empty, except one pot. They're all waiting. I've got all the earth. I've got 13 bags of earth to fill them all up with. And then I shall go out today and I shall go and buy a load of plants and then start, uh, start filling up the pots. And that's the exciting bit, as far as I'm concerned. But this year, I've decided I'm going to break with tradition and I'm just going to chuck everything in. I'm not going to worry about colours or, you know, putting the reds with the blues and the whites and the greens and the pinks and the corals and that kind of... I'm not going to bother with that. I'm just going to chuck everything into the pot. Somebody said it looks like a wildlife garden, so you'll have everything. So I'm going to have some which are fairly upright and some which are sort of semi, semi-trailing and some which are trailing. And I'll just, I'll just do that. And then whatever, whatever, whatever it looks like at the end, that, that'll be it. But I'm not really bothered, actually, this year. I thought, let's just fill them all up and have a bit of fun with it. So that's what I'm going to do, and I'm sure it'll be great. So I'm going to do that today. I'm going to go out to a garden centre, a couple of garden centres, and see what I can, uh, see what I can pick up. Uh, we go through the papers on the programme this morning, and uh, we'll tell you that there's a, a version of Les Miserables from Cons, uh, plus a dementia diet. The Great British Bake is off. And uh, that's the, the heat. Uh, very, very nice. That's Michelle Keegan. She's flogging a range of clothing, which I shouldn't imagine she's had anything to do apart from add her name to it. Uh, Pippa's Baby Joy and uh, the car theft kit on sale on Amazon. Oh, can't make it up, can you, really? And we take all your texts and emails. 84850, steve at uk. And we'll do that between now and uh, 7 o'clock. Uh, plus Kylie at 50. More pictures of her lying prostrate on a bed prostrate 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 uh, on a bed and you think give it up now dear give it up now it's just it's you know she's 50 and we go oh, wow obviously 50 is the new 20 or something like that uh, also uh, there's a picture of what they think could be Megan's dress just a wedding dress just a wedding dress you know and we're not sure about it how much was the security for William's wedding when he married uh, Catherine apparently just over six million pounds that for the security why don't we just sort of leave them to get on with it? Does it make any difference? I mean, let people rush up and touch them. You know, the Queen did the marathon. I don't think she's ever done the marathon before. Harry was there, open neck shirt. You know, I don't think he really bothers. I don't think he's interested in fashion or clothing. Perhaps Meghan can change him. That'd be a good idea. Uh, also, what was the other one that I quite liked? Uh, apart from Gary Barlow quitting the, uh, the booze. Also, uh, stay married for 20 years, they say, to be happier than newlyweds. And... Um, 
and the guide using museum tours to label Nelson a white supremacist. I mean, you couldn't make it up, so we won't. We'll just tell you the truth. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Nice to be company. Welcome along. Mon- oh, I took my glasses off. I suddenly thought, I can't see anything. Oh, there you go. There you are. You look much better. Steve, the, uh, the Queen's concert. What the heck was that? Deeply embarrassing. Deeply, says Tanya. A few hours, she'll never get back. Cringe factor was off the scale. She deserves a national apology. She says, but I am working from home today. Long hours of paperwork, but following your lead, I've decided to pot some plants in the lunch hour. A perfect contrast. Yes, I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to it today. I'm looking, I really am. I'm going to get back home. Uh, I filled up three big bin liners full of all the old soil, which I've thrown out. And uh, as I say, I've got all the bags of earth. I shall fill it all up and then I'm just going to go and get... I shall never bring enough plants home because there'll be loads more. So I'm going to sort of bring some bulky plants back for putting in the middle and then fill up with trailing stuff and verbena and things like that. But definitely no lobelia. Definitely no... I know it looks pretty, but it's the first thing to die and it goes all crispy and it's horrible. It makes your baskets and your pots look dreadful. So I avoid things like that, like the plague. Also, I don't use fuchsias. Because they attract ants. Where they come from, I've got no idea. They must be parachuted in. Because all of a sudden, you've ended up... And I go under each pot. And if there's any slugs, we put little slug pellets down there. So that we don't get them returning. Thank you very much indeed. Because they, they, they just... You can see them in the morning. You see the little little silver trails all over the place. And you think, I'm sorry. Where they come from, I've got no idea. They must be in the earth or something. But it's very therapeutic. And I know that by the end of today, I should be very happy with the way it, uh, it looks. Well, I hope that's the idea anyway. So I, I said to a friend of mine the other day, she said, what are you going to do? I said, I'm going to go and buy plants. She said, go on, go and enjoy yourself. And then a friend of mine said, you're really old now, aren't you? Really? I said, why? They said, you're going round garden centres. I said, I love going round garden centres. I find it the most, you know, you can push your trolley around. You can have a great deal of fun, you know, and other people, you always go, well, that's nice. And sometimes if you see a plant in front of somebody, whip, whip it out of the way. Get it onto my trolley as quick as possible. And uh, I'm looking for some, some new stuff this year. But nothing, nothing out of the ordinary. And I won't spend a lot on it. I don't like spending too much. Three three ninety nine for a plant would be my maximum. I don't want to spend any more than that. Definitely not. I was going to put begonias in, but I'm, I'm not sure whether or not I can find begonias. I might have to have a hunt around for things like that. But it's this, it's this notion, isn't it, that if you start going around garden centres, you're old. And I don't like to think of it. But uh, I did tweet the other day that I'm having sort of good days and sort of intermittent days where all of a sudden I just burst into tears for no reason. I did it this morning, sitting in the office. I told Zora Suleiman, I said, I can't help it. I said, it's just one of those things. I said, I wasn't even thinking about anything like that. Uh, One here says, you're getting me through the night shit. If you could get a dog like mine, I think it would suit you. A Jack She. Great for a a trundle to the coffee shop, says Louise. Do you know, I sometimes think, yeah, a dog. And I thought, maybe a cat. And then I thought, no, let's not bother, actually. It's not, it's not, you know, it's nice, but I think you need to devote time to it. So I, I decided maybe not. Did Dale have any uh, dogs or cats or any other pets? No. No, absolutely not. I don't think he, you know, he, he never would have had a, a pet. <coughs> Excuse me. He, he just didn't, he, he didn't have the time or the inclination to devote to it because he spent a lot of time, you know, pootling about. I love the way in one of the papers today, they said in America he had a fleet of cars. No, he didn't. That was just a blatant lie. He'd had different cars over there. Like over here, he'd had different cars. He never had any more than one car at a time. That would just be stupid. And they said he had a fleet of cars. I mean, well, I've got a fleet of cars then, because I've probably had in my lifetime six, seven, eight... I've probably had about ten different cars. 
if not a few more. But, you know, that's not... A, but he never had a fleet of cars. Some of them, they just made it up. He never had a Bentley and Arge. They said he had two. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. Why do people make these things up? I suppose because it sort of makes them sound a bit interesting. So Britain's got no, no talent. We can't have. And, in fact, one of the papers has picked up on that very thought today. That you watch this programme. I'm expecting to see people, they go, oh, look, little little Mary Wilson can juggle or something like that. And she's been a school teacher. A bit like the Subo kind of thing. You know, mad woman with a broomstick appears on television. What's your name? Susan Boyle. You know, we had all this sort of hoity-toity stuff. And then you suddenly realise. And then she starts pouting at Simon. Do you remember when she started pouting and sort of thrusting her hips around? I'm thinking, oh, God. And when she sang, she was average. I'm telling you now, average. In a studio, they can make you sound like anything they want, so she sounded good. When she came to deliver, wasn't quite there. Wasn't quite there. But uh, And then what do we get? We get acrobats, balancing acts. They're circus acts. You know, they're not British. They're not Britain's Got Talent. They're not even circuses in Britain. They're touring the continent all the time. You know, you might as well bring on sort of, you know, the Thai dancers and stuff like that. It was just ridiculous. It was pathetic. But to do a standing ovation to a standard, a standard circus act. I know because I know circus. I know what the acts are. And they always do that. Th- I mean, this one was so contrived. They even had a couple in the audience who appeared to have been mic'd up so that you could then hear their comments. You think, this is set up. This is set up. You can't do that. This is set up. You know, if ever you put a camera onto an audience, you don't have somebody mic'd up. In this case, they had two people mic'd up, and you heard them. Oh, this will be interesting. What's oh, my stomach? Uh, the, the, these people, blah, 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 blah. And then you get them doing it, and then David Walliams does his sort of cod, oh, let's vote for the pretty boys kind of thing. And, uh, and they then sort of pretend to stop him. And then you get these blokes doing it. And then with the camera angles, you know, it, I mean, the going backwards up the stairs, not difficult. I do it constantly. And they go up. And then at one point, his foot is half on, half on. You go, no, no. And Alicia's going, no, no. And I'm thinking, this is set up, dear. It's a circus act. You must have seen circus acts before. You must have done. This is what they do. It heightens the tension. And then when they get to the top, they go, da-da. And we go, yeah. And they stood up. I've never seen anybody stand up in a circus at a balancing act. Thank you very much indeed. But uh, there you go. We'll have to have to wait and see. Uh, thoroughly enjoyed, says Jim, your in-conversation at the weekend. Dan Snow, most definitely on the nation's national treasure list, makes us realise just how much there is to see out there with so little time to see it. He said, have you really held Henry VIII's hat? No, I didn't actually hold it, Jim. I didn't. Oh, I wish I had. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Oh, dear Lord above. I think that would be the, uh, you know, the, the pinnacle of my career. I think so, actually. Uh, Steve, free willy with every giant pack of cornflakes, says Malcolm in Hampton Hill. <sighs> I can't believe that they've got killer whales, you know, going up, going up the river. It was a pod. A pod, if you please. A pod going up the river. I like things like that. I, you know, and yet I've seen killer whales in operation, and uh, they really are. They are aptly named killer whales. They chase seals. Same beach every year. You know, all the, the seals playing around in the surf because they've been born and their mummies say, you go and play in the sea. And then the killer whales who shoot themselves up the beach, literally grab a seal and then wiggle back down into the water again and then spend the uh, the rest of the time throwing it backwards and forwards. At what point the poor creature dies, I've got no idea. But we can't interfere because it's nature. I did watch a little bit of the Queen with uh, Sir David Attenborough. That was interesting. Two 92-year-olds... Uh, oh, look, there's LBC's microphone. Oh, that must be at the end of the race. Oh, it's John Cushing. Look, there's John Cushing. Is this from previous... There's John Cushing holding the microphone. Look at that. 
That's cool. I like it when you see people you know on the television because you notice the LBC microphone on oh, this ridiculous fight with Amir Khan. Look at him. This this blo- Are you sure he's a boxer or was he selling ice creams or something outside? And you think they're not evenly matched at all. But I bet he got paid well for it. 40 seconds that fight lasted. And then you got the spy sports presenter going, it was really exciting. And I'm thinking, that wasn't, that was a fiddle. That was a fiddle. I don't like it when people get cheated. So you, as I said, you file all the way in there. You, you find, find your seat. You sit down. They announce the fight. And, two, three, and you say, I'm just going to nip, nip to the toilet. You go to the toilet. You come back. It's all finished. Have you got time to eat your mivy? You go there and you... And it's finished. What do you mean it's finished? Oh, Amir Khan's, you know, knocked him out and that's it. And you go, well, we've just sat down. I know. I'm so sorry about that. They just sort of found some bloke outside that they'd bring in. Apparently he'd been into acting and things like that. Quite clearly not into boxing, was it, really? Thank goodness for you. I suffer from depression. I'm struggling right now. Finally stopped the tears. Now you're here. Oh, good. Oh, tears. In the- Listen, I've already had the tears this morning. I don't want any more, thank you very much indeed. I keep saying, I keep apologising to myself, going... Stop it. And then somebody said to me, Don't, it doesn't matter, does it? It's, it's the, the process that you have to go through. Uh, also, there's a story about uh, dementia on the front page of one of the, uh, the papers today. It's uh, a man who has rescued his mother, who's 82, from dementia by a diet high in blueberries and walnuts. Now, walnuts are supposed to be very good for you. Blueberries are supposed to be very good for you. And, you know, might work, might not work. You know, I couldn't say I would, it would be very remiss of me if I actually said, oh, you know, if, if you take this particular diet, you're going to live a long time or it's going to cure dementia. Because it might not for a lot of people. Might not. It's like, you know, sometimes Cherry Active, the special juice, doesn't work for everybody with, with gout. But it's, uh, it's proven in, in a lot of cases. So you just have to hope it's, it's you. Steve says, Randolph, what was Shaggy? Doing on the Queen's birthday, singing Louis Armstrong's What a Wonderful World. It was dreadful. Each artist was given a small part of the song to sing. When it came to the bombastic, he growled and moaned in his own inimitable way. Highly embarrassing, says Randolph. I cringed. I, I didn't know what he was doing there either. Do you think the Queen had the faintest idea who Shaggy is? She's probably gone home to Philip and he went, oh, How did it go, old girl? Oh, sorry, no, cabbage. How did it go, cabbage? And she went... Was somebody called Shaggy, and and Philip went, what tobacco? You know, can't beat a good shag, can you? And they used to they used to buy shag, and I forget what he was, but uh, and then all of a sudden, you know, she has to sit there. You could see she wasn't remotely interested. She did her best. William's sitting there with a big grin on his face, but there again, you know, they get excited just going outside. He's because he's had he's had a Nando's, hasn't he? So luckily, they're just like us, which is great, isn't it? Steve, I've been watching some uh, old black and white uh, Mother Riley films. They do make me chuckle, says Rob. I never found Mother Riley uh, uh, funny at all, but it was early drag, wasn't it? It was early drag, old Mother Riley, but, uh, but quite good. Uh, Steve, says Patsy, it wasn't just me then. I thought it was dire. Poor old lady. She's 92, for God's sake. Whoever put that list together wants shooting. Well, apparently, hilariously, they all sat down and decided what she wanted. I mean, which part of that show do you think the Queen voted for? Do tell me. At 92, I didn't see anything on there. I haven't seen the complete list. I should imagine Jamie Cullen would have to be at the top of it. I mean, he's the most acceptable. But the rest of it, I mean, because she liked George Formby, they sort of put together this ukulele choir kind of thing, which I quite liked, so she might have liked that. But Shaggy. I mean, (laughs) you know, with all due respect, 
It was slightly disturbing. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, a really nice to be company. Welcome to Monday morning. This is where the weather turns, I'm afraid. I think you should be OK today. Not brilliantly hot, but uh, certainly nothing as the people in the, the marathon the other day experienced. Um, but it's going to be OK. But then I think after tomorrow, I think we're in, we're in for a downward spiral. She's not very good, is it? Not the kind of thing you need. Uh, so here we go. The Daily Mirror, too hot to trot. Uh, Mo uh, and the marathon heroes beat the 24 degrees heat. I mean, the trouble is, I mean, the amount of people I spoke to, three, uh, who had problems with their legs and their feet and all the rest of it, you tend to forget it's a long way. It's a long, long way. Um, Labour has blasted in the papers today the institutionally racist Tories. Well, we know that there's uh, racists in the Labour Party. Why do they think that there's no racists in the Labour Party? We know there's anti-Semites, don't we, in the Labour Party as well. You know, there's all sorts. Of, I love the way that they sort of exonerate them and go, of course, you know, the Tories are, you know, blatantly racist. No, there's loads of loads of Labour people who are racist. Uh, also, uh, consumer champion Martin. This is Martin Lewis. He's furious, as you can well imagine. On Facebook, there's lots of images of Martin Lewis up against adverts. And he's got nothing to do with these companies at all. And they should have been taken down. But uh, they haven't been, so he's decided he's going to sue over these scam adverts. He says victims are losing thousands. Now, if anybody can afford to sue, Martin Lewis can. He sold his company a while ago for, goodness knows, how many millions. He's married to Lara Lewington. Used to be the weather girl on Channel 5, and now she does this programme click with Spencer, somebody, on on the BBC. It seems to have a cast of millions on a programme that goes out, you know, in the tiddly hours of the morning. Uh, Here's, um, who's this? Ian Botham. He's 62 now. And uh, his daughter married on a Scottish Highland estate, so they put him in a kilt. Can't be his kilt, can it? But uh, here he is on the shores of Loch Sunart. Guest TV's Piers Morgan tweeted, The bride wore a beautiful dress, bride's father a skirt. (laughs) No no more, no less than you would ever expect from Piers uh, Morgan. Bless his heart. I quite like the idea. And of course we ended up seeing what's underneath that kilt at one point. Because apparently true Scotsmen don't wear anything under a kilt. Which, of course, is uh, is just not, you know, sort of done, is it, really? His Twitter got hacked. Mind you, do you remember... Oh, who was that singer from years ago? Uh, Darius. Darius was wearing a kilt on something. So his Twitter got hacked. Was there a picture of his downstairs area? Oh, there wasn't, was there? Oh, no. that We had that with Darius. Darius is uh, pictured... Uh, uh, coming to the front of the stage and kneeling down to see a little girl and he wasn't wearing any underwear, which apparently people don't. And consequently, you know, we saw we saw everything, which we probably shouldn't have done. Probably shouldn't have done. Uh, Megan's turned her back on us. You're going to get loads of this now. The family row in the royal wedding and the people who aren't invited. And, uh, and you know, it's her, it's her wedding. She can invite. So here you go. Ian Botham's Twitter account. Um... And Ian Botham says, oh, for goodness sake, is that it? Well, how did that happen? Oh, his account got... Oh, right. Good heavens above. Go back again. <laughs> that is so bizarre. You thought you'd have put pants on. Somebody said... Alan White tweeted, that's what's known as just short of a good length or something. And um, and so it's... Uh, well, I'm <laughs> I don't know what to say, really. I'm kind of shocked at this time of the morning. I think possible ball tampering. Possible. 
you know, I want to make a big deal about it. So, uh, so that's why they printed a picture of poor old Beefy Botham, who isn't quite as beefy as we thought he was, but there you go. Probably a cold day, I should imagine. Uh, single-minded over the EU, headline in the paper. Uh, also, St George... I te- keep forgetting, it's St George's Day. And I don't know whether or not we're supposed to celebrate St George's Day or whether or not uh, people are sort of going, uh, no, because it sounds a bit racist now. You know, Corbyn wants to make it a bank holiday. Of course he would. I think we've got way too many bank holidays. What do we want bank holidays for? I don't think we need one, although everybody else gets one. I suppose we should really have one for St George and Harry and the dragon and everything else. They had a bit of a thing going on, a bit of a shindig in Trafalgar Square, which was actually quite nice. Uh, I've got an actress for you this morning, and here she is. Her name is uh, Bavna Limbaccia. I've never heard of her either, but she's in Coronation Street, and uh, all I can tell you is she's playing a lesbian. And, and, and then, so she's done a two-page interview in the papers. Uh, the Corrie star on a mission to end the taboo. Well, the taboo is, she says, I had to sit my mum down and tell her I was going to play a gay character who will kiss women on television. I'm sorry, have I missed the point here, darling? I don't want to be rude. You are an actress, aren't you? I mean, can you play different parts? I mean, is anybody suggesting you really are a lesbian? I mean, you're just playing a part. Why would that be difficult? Why do you have to sit your mother down? Why do you just go, I've got this part in Coronation Street? Let your mother watch it. I mean, who cares? You've made a bit of a, bit of a, a mountain out of a molehill. There is no taboo anymore. It's far more acceptable. For sort of, we've had lesbians. We had them in Brookside, dear, long before you came on the scene. You know, I mean, I'm, I could, could understand it if there was some sort of taboo going on. Perhaps in your mind there might be. Not in everybody else's. Not in everybody else's. Holy cowl! Britain's Got Talent singing priest is praying for the chance to perform with Subo, which is lovely. I dreamed a dream and time's gone by. Bless her. But this is the priest. Uh, who's, because it's a bit of a novelty, isn't it? But he's already had two albums out. So not such a novelty after all, really. Uh, this is Father Ray Kelly on his audition. He's been singing for donkey's years. But they sort of go, oh, here he is. No, he's just auditioning like anybody else. Uh, he got a standing ovation. Have they done something to the seats or something? Have they electrified them? They spend most of their time standing up, sitting down, like it's some sort of joke. So he was singing and he wants to sing with Subo. He says, um, he said she has an amazing voice. No, she hasn't. I promise you she hasn't. Otherwise, she'd be singing in a West End show. Her talent was discovered later in life. I know, so late in life. Uh, he liked mine, he said, so there's that uh, comparison. And he believes his job makes him stand out. There used to be another vicar who was, I think, a vicar up at Heathrow Airport. And uh, he used to appear on quiz shows. Because obviously, you know, priests have got better... It's, it's a bit like, you know, Craggy Island, isn't it? And all that kind of... And then there's the Reverend Richard Cole. So there's all these vicars who obviously decided they want to do something else. You know, Richard Cole goes on and dances. And, um, and then we, we had all of this about this and that and the communal and Oh, God, honestly, the point of boredom. You know, and now you've got a vicar who's had albums out because he can sing. He was an internet hit in 2014. He was singing Hallelujah. He's had 36 million views. So? Does that really make any difference? Does that translate into congregation? Of course it doesn't. Of course it doesn't. I wish it did. But it doesn't. It was quite interesting because, of course, the news came through that Katie Price didn't manage to do the uh, the marathon. <laughs> Big surprise there, boys and girls. Big surprise there. The attention-seeking uh, Miss Katie Price, former glamour model, former everything, really, uh, decided to go running uh, for her mother, who is terminal, in about five years' time. It's, it's, it's quite a long way in advance. 
and she wanted to draw attention to her mother's illness, so they opened up, um, you know, you can donate money. She managed to get the princely sum of 2,150 quid. Awful. You know, I'm not decrying 2,150 quid, to be honest with you. She could have paid that herself. Could have paid that herself. Couldn't her family have donated money? Quite clearly they didn't, or if they did, they didn't donate very much. Toby Tarrant, who was running for Make Some Noise, as you know, in this building, raised £21,000. That's Toby Tarrant. And we're always told Katie Price has millions of followers. No, they're not. Most of them have nodded off by now, probably bored, I should imagine. And so all she raised was 2,150 quid. What a disgrace. Obviously not the big, clever person she thought she was. She only managed 15 kilometres. Rumour had it, if you believe Twitter, and we don't believe Twitter all the time, was that she was boozing the night before, and uh, she hadn't done any training for it. Again, just attention-seeking. They could have given it to somebody who probably could have raised a lot more money for charity, and uh, as opposed to just her. It's like, oh, look, it's me, me. Look at me, look at me. No, look at Toby Tarrant. He finished. He finished the thing, and he's never done one in his life. He gets £21,000 donated to him. That's what you call working hard. Silly old Katie Price. Silly old Katie Price. Didn't achieve anything at all. Didn't manage it. It was a picture of her looking all sad. And then, you know, I think we might have to mention it on the free podcast. I can't let that go, by the by. I just really can't. I just get really annoyed that there's people out there who could have probably raised a lot of money and weren't doing it for the own bit of glory for themselves. But, of course, as she's so attention-seeking... What is Was Kieran cheering you on, dear? Probably not. Steve, did you say Shaggy sang for the Queen? And if so, was Scooby-Doo there too? Am I barking up the wrong tree, says Oliver? Up the wrong tree, mate. Up the wrong tree. After the marathon, Greenwich Council were cleaning up. They picked up 12 bags of discarded clothes, says Christine. Really? So, yeah, people... I mean, it, people must have been too hot and people just leave things, don't they? Because for the past few days, I have to tell you this... I've come in, and in my pigeonhole, there is like a giant jumper. And I remember thinking, what the dickens is that? So the, the, the time before last, I took it out, and I draped it over one of the chairs in the office. I come in on Sunday, it's back in my pigeonhole again. And I'm looking at this jumper, which is, you know, I thought, well, what is it? And then somebody said to me yesterday, they said, oh, why do you keep taking the jumper out? I threw it away. I thought somebody, perhaps somebody's having a laugh or something, thinking I want to wear this sort of, this this large jumper. And somebody said, oh, it's Sheila Fogarty's. And a lot of people wear it. I said, what's it doing in my pigeonhole? Because I didn't, it doesn't say this is Sheila's on it. And I had no idea. And they say, well, you know, people, if they're chilly, they sort of they put it around their shoulders. And I went, oh, right. So we put it in Sheila's pigeonhole now. Because I didn't know what it was. I looked at it first day it appeared. I went, what the dickens is that? I seriously didn't know what it shows how little I know about fashion. Ridiculous. Uh, the taboo for the Corrie actress is she's Asian. Unfortunately, for many Asian families, the taboo is still there. What are you telling me? That there's no Asian lesbians? Good God. I mean, you know, there's more Asian gay boys than you could shake a stick at. And lesbians as well. You don't, you don't have a choice on this. I think people think, you know, you know, my mother made me a homosexual kind of thing. It's not, it doesn't work like that. You don't sort of get through your life and then go, do you know, I think I'll be a lesbian. It doesn't work like that. You're either a lesbian or you're not a lesbian. And uh, in the case of the taboo... But also, we don't want to read about this in the paper. If somebody's got a taboo, let them deal with it. Goodness sake, honestly, you make such a big deal about things uh, nowadays. Uh, Britain's got talent, not on your life, says Paul. Best act for me was uh, Goldie Chung and Copper Bell. Whatever that had mocked the show for all she was worth. As you say today, it's rubbish. 
At least both of them raised thousands for charity on his jaunts from Jolly Groats to Land's End. Let's see Piers Morgan do it and raise money other than for himself, says, uh, says Jan. Oh, he could. He's got lots of followers. It's Katie Price who couldn't raise diddly squat. Obviously, her family didn't bother chipping in, so she relied on her fan out there. 2,150 quid and she never even completed it. What did she say the day before? Lying through her teeth as usual. Oh, I'll crawl on my hands and knees as usual. Claptrap. No action. Uh, 84850. Steve, are you now secretly residing in Kew Gardens, considering the number of times you keep trotting off to the garden centre to buy plants? Says Lee in Gants Hill. I love it. I really like it. I like going to the garden centre. I'm very happy. Seriously, I'm one of these people. I sort of I clear the back seat of the car. I put some polythene bags on it and then off I go. And that's what I'm going today. That's what I'm going today. I, I can't wait to fill the pots up with earth. And I can't wait to start putting the plants in, watering them. They're first little and they're going to be my friends for the summer. You wait, I'll tweet pictures. I'll tweet pictures and you'll be going afterwards. Blimey. Because every year I'm very successful. I have, not, not at this precise moment in time, green fingers. It's rust or mould or something like that, honestly. I had fingers, some colour, I must have touched something the other day, and I can't remember what it was. I remember thinking, what the dickens is that? Very odd. But no, I've got dirt all over my hands the other day, but I thought, I'm down with the soil. I'm down with it. And then they had that, what did I watch the other day? Oh, it was The Chase with Bradley, and it was a celebrity edition. And they had, I think it was Deborah Meaden, it was Alan Titchmarsh, it was Rory Bremner, and then somebody called Laura. And I looked at it, I thought, who are you? This is supposed to be instantly recognisable celebrities. I know Alan Titchmarsh. I knew Rory Bremner. I knew Deborah Meaden. Laura. Who was she? She was only a blooming weather girl. A weather girl, if you ask. Of course, I'm a meteorologist. I thought, you're an attention seeker, dear. That's what you are. What do they pick weather people for? It's like the one on the BBC. Bless the heart of which, of course, I'm featured almost on a regular basis now. I'm part of fixtures on the BBC. It was that Steve Allen show, and oh, let's run that, which is all very nice. How they got that through, I'll never know. They generally don't acknowledge anything to do with commercial radio, but uh, twice I managed to make it onto the BBC on, on separate shows. Nobody was more surprised than me, but there again, when you get a bit emotional about something and you tell stories, then that's what it is. I'm the man who tells stories, as they say. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Happy St George's Day. I don't really know what that's meant to mean, but they were talking about it overnight because they're saying it should be a public holiday. Everybody else gets one. They get one for Scotland and for Wales and for Ireland. Oh, don't they? Oh, right. We have fewer public holidays. Oh, right. I'm not sure I want a public holiday, actually. I couldn't really be bothered about it. I don't know anything about St George. Uh, I just know he apparently fought a dragon, but as we know, they never existed. It's a bit stupid, isn't it, really? No, he never came to Britain either. What are we celebrating him for? He was he was illegal. <laughs> He'd have been kicked out if he'd arrived here. But yeah, he fought a dragon. We go, oh right, he fought a dragon. Without realising that dragons never existed. It was a figment of some doolally person uh, years and years ago. Uh, Steve, Britain has got talent, says H. They're just not on that show, which actually, actually sums it up, really. If you don't want a dog for life, be a puppy walker for the blind. You get a six-week-old puppy and train it, then hand it back. Oh, I can't do that. I couldn't train something up and then hand it back to somebody. I'd want to keep it. We're waiting for the delivery of our first puppy, and you're doing a good deed. There you go. And um, somebody says, your, uh, your plant nurseries, have you been to Van Haag's? Of course. <laughs> Hello, please, honestly. What do you think you're listening to? Of course I've been to Van Haag's. Absolutely. They've got a small zoo and a miniature sit-on steamer. I've been there, Steve. 
I've been on the railway many, many times. We know Van Hagues. Ask Neil. Neil will tell you about Van Hagues and people who bumped into me down there. Yeah, I love it. Uh, prostitution is illegal in Thailand. Well, it might be illegal, but it's going on, I'm telling you. Don't be so stupid. What a ridiculous thing to say. Of course, it's, you know, it might be illegal, but it doesn't stop it going on. What do you think all these people are working in the bars are? They're hookers. They're hookers. And they were having a party and the Thai police raided. It. It's like the Thai ladyboys. They're an evil bunch, I tell you. You don't want to cross them. <laughs> Blimey. Take your life in your hands. And uh, Waj says, locked into the spike. Good. Uh, Duncan in Bilbao. That's Spain, isn't it? Bilbao. It always sounds quite nice. I don't know why, but it always sounds to me like an oil terminal. Bilbao. But I don't, I don't know anything about the place. It's a seaport. That's, I just imagined that it was a seaport where they sort of take in oil or petrol or something. I don't know why. I just thought Bilbao. It, it sounds industrial. It doesn't sound as though it's sort of pretty. I would like to think it would be pretty. That, that would be quite nice. But it's obviously not going to be, is it? It's going to be... Is it, is it an industrial type... Oh, it's, quite, it's actually quite nice, actually. It's not bad at all. They've got a million inhabitants, one of the most popular uh, metropolitan areas in northern Spain. It's also the main urban area, uh, which is defined as the Great Basque region. Oh, it's quite... Um, oh, it's got some nice build. Oh, I quite like that, actually. Oh, the, the little bit of an industrial bit to it as well. Oh, it's all right. Yes, there you go. I'm going, I'm going with Bilbao, Duncan. He says, you're dealing with a huge loss of a very important friend. Don't apologise for being upset. I had three losses last year and know how you feel. You still sound upbeat. I keep, I keep going through very odd, for no reason. So all of a sudden, something will trigger me and I just, I just sort of, only for a brief moment. But you try and pull yourself back together again and you feel such, a, such an idiot. I know you're not supposed to. I know you're not supposed to sort of worry about things like that. And uh, a friend of mine said, "Don't." That's part of the of the grieving process. I said, "But I don't know why, because I can talk about it quite normally, without sort of welling up." Then all of a sudden, this morning, back it came again, and I thought, "God, I mean, this is like day four or something, and still it's uh, you know." John Warrington said to me the other day, "He's given up smoking, incidentally." John Warrington's got a uh, he's a travel agent. He used to book all of Dale's flights and stuff like that, and um, and he was sort of saying to me, "He said I can't listen to that Thursday morning program." He said, he said, out of all the programmes I can listen back to, he said, I can listen back to all of your programmes. He said, but I can't listen back to that one. He said, it upsets me too much. I said, I know the feeling. I've not heard it back. But there again, I'm one of those peculiar radio presenters who can't listen back to anything that they do. I, don't, I, don't, I can't think why, why it's, it's that way. But I'm just, uh, I'm just like it. It's a bit odd, isn't it, really? Steve, we went out on a rowboat on the Thames yesterday, but I realised I need to buy a paddleboard. You stand on them. I've been on them before and they're everywhere now. Real craze. I feel like Huckleberry Finn when I'm on one, but most people might not know who he is. Mr Allen does, though. I do. I played Huckleberry Finn in a show at school up in Yorkshire. I was Huck Finn. I had to sing a song, which many regular listeners will know. And the song was Smoking's... Isn't it funny how you remember things from way back when you were 14, 15? Smoking's a pleasure, my best friend, my pipe... I puff with contentment when the corn cob is ripe. Well, that was my song, and I sang it to great aplomb. I mean, huge round of applause. I kept it and bowed, curtsied, did the whole thing. And, uh, yeah, I was huck over it. Why is that man dressed as a bride? You get the oddest people in the marathon, don't you? People dress up. Some people look world-weary. Some people are going, my feet are killing me. But at least they did it, unlike Katie Price. I mean, all our lot in this building, they did very well. Even... Poor Simon uh, Conway, his feet were aching, his legs gave up uh, and he had to walk. 
the Queen did the usual. She must have been sweltering. She had a coat on and a hat. Harry turned up, open neck shirt, usual, couldn't care less kind of attitude. And uh, hello, Harry. Yeah. Do you think he's going to get his hair cut for the, uh, for, the, for the wedding? I don't know. He likes talking to the girls, doesn't he? Have you noticed he targeted the oh, Hello, Harry. <laughs> Sorry? Yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? Well, why doesn't he run it? Because we have seen him and his brother running. Why did it, what's that man dressed as a tree for? You never understand, do you? I never understand it. One of these years, I'll go down and watch it. I could have cheered people on. But loads of people in the building. A lot of present. But Toby Tarrant did the bit. He raised the most money. So well done to him. £21,000 to make some noise. Blooming brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Uh, right, more in the, uh, uh, the papers. Let's, let's, let's pick a really serious paper. The Daily Star. OK. This is where, where the news happens. Uh, plus Dawn. Dawn is in here. Uh, Dawn French. She's hinted that her TV comedy days are coming to an end. I wanted them to do more Vicar of Dibley. I wanted to buy the box set. Can't find that for love nor money. Very difficult to find. Uh, Summer's on ice. They've said that really now it's a case of, um, you know, you'll have a few more days and then it's it. It's finished. Uh, Tesco banned Pippa in the doghouse. Every little yelps. Unless you want to take your pets. The Duchess of Cambridge's youngest sister had entered the London store with her cocker spaniel and her husband's black Labrador. But with animals other than guide dogs not allowed inside, she was reportedly asked to, to, uh, to leave. She thinks so too. It's a food store. I mean, surely you can't be that brain dead. You must have realised you can't take dogs into a food store. It's like going into Kentucky Fried Chicken with two animals. Disgusting. It's really not right. Really not right at all. But, um... Apparently, uh, she's, uh, she's pregnant with her child. It's very exciting. Woman becomes pregnant. And uh, royal bride-to-be Meghan Markle's half-sister is being courted by TV bosses to gate-crash the wedding. Oh, God, honestly. How pathetic. Must be a Canadian company. We wouldn't do that over here. British people wouldn't. We've, we've had the, our fill of sort of gate-crashes, haven't we? There's that Simon Watts-face, whose name I can never remember. Simon Brodkin, he's a bore of the First Order. Then we used to have another one who used to sort of gate-crash things. We used to have all these sort of Mr Shaky Hand Man. And then we used to have... Who was that unfunny comedian who used to shout into a giant telephone? Oh, Dom Jolly. Is he still around? Is that act still being touted? Regular listener, I know. Of course he is. I'm funnier than he is. At least I'm working every day. He can probably count his days on one hand in the month. Uh, So, Fury at the show's foreign acts... And um, on Saturday's show, Simon Cowell said it was amazing that action all over the world were auditioning for the TV show. It's called Britain's Got Talent. It's not called The World's Got Talent. The head uh, balancing Jiang brothers from Vietnam appeared on a Filipino show called It's Showtime, doing exactly the same, because that's their act. That's what they do. They did it last year. Same-sex dancers David Lemenez and Javier Padilla auditioned for Spain's Got Talent in 2017. And wacky dancer Rada Alexandra Petruso was on Romania's Got Talent. Oh, blimey. I mean, there's obviously all these programmes around the world, all licensed, and we end up with them as well. And then they stand up. You know, why didn't they watch these things first time round? Because they didn't. Uh, here they are. This is uh, Tom Daly and his uh, other half, Lance having a baby shower. They look good together. I can't believe the they always put down the age difference. Tom, 23, and Dustin, 43. Listen, they're doing very well. They don't need uh, any help from anybody at all. Uh, here's Michelle Keegan, apparently a hottie, they say, because she's got a new series of clothing out. 
She's just not with her uh, husband at the moment. He's uh, How he's coping without uh, a little bit of How's Your Father, I've got no idea. But anyway, coming up to the news at five o'clock this morning, uh, the security for Wills and Kate's wedding in 2011, more than six million quid. Um, also, uh, The Sound of Violence, that's Simon Agar Funkel. TV's Nick, judges betrayed workers over tool theft. Uh, Len admitted that he's had uh, a little bit of marrow, what that, that stuff you smoke, in the past. And Molly King's in her underwear yet again. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. St George's Day. Nobody ever says that anymore. We don't, we don't seem to celebrate St George's Day. Apparently Corbyn's going for public holiday. I don't know why. We're not going to get it, are we? I mean, I don't know how you get through or you push through a public holiday. Do they have to have a vote in the House of Commons or they just change the law? But they, they would have to vote on it, wouldn't they, and say, yes, we all decide to have a public holiday. I mean, let's face it, they don't exactly do much work in the House of Commons as it is. They're bone idle. And then they go on these extended holidays for years on end and then they sort of pop back in again. Mind you, what are we going to do? We're going to, oh, blimey, when do they start doing the... Um, the repairs on Buckingham Palace and the House of Commons. You've got that to start with. It's very slow. Isn't it? I always feel sorry for visitors when they come to London. And, you know, so many of our national treasures are covered up by scaffolding. And I'll tell you what they have started doing, and I only noticed it the other day coming back, Grenfell Tower. They've started covering up. Uh, they're, they're moving slowly up the building with white um, covering. I don't know what they're going to do with it. I can't remember what exactly was there. But you cannot leave a charred building there as a, as a start reminder. So covering it up, I think, would be the, the best thing. So it's still there. People know where it is. But uh, it just looks so awful before when you consider how many people lost their lives. So that's happening. We've got Big Ben, which I think is still covered in scaffolding. Honestly, why do we take so long to do everything? Every other country gets it done really fast. Over here, you know, we, we just spend ages and ages and ages faffing around. So slow. Oh, look, lovely picture of poor old Bianca Gascoigne. Only 31 now. She's on holiday in Dubai. Very good reason for not going to Dubai, I would imagine. But uh, a lovely picture of Elton John. And uh, here he is with his, uh, with his other half, David Furnish. And they were at the screening of, uh, of Sherlock Gnomes in, uh, in Leicester. I don't think I've seen this one, actually. It's the sequel to Gnomes and Juliet. I quite like the idea of that, actually. I'd forgotten that he was, uh, he was sort of responsible for it. Uh, Tyrants nukes pledge a trick. North Korea's premier uh, is going to end all nuclear missile tests. It may have been a trick, experts are claiming. I don't think it is. I mean, I have to be honest, it was a quick turnaround, though, wasn't it? Kim Jong-un, one minute we're going to sort of blow apart America and anybody else who dares to interfere, the next minute, OK, pop round for tea. And then all of a sudden we're sort of best friends. I mean, I think it's brilliant news. I would love to see the end of, uh, the end of war everywhere. I mean, that would just be absolutely remarkable, wouldn't it? It would never happen. Never happened, but it would be nice to think about it. I'm in Bilbao, says Duncan, because I live within the first mile of the uh, London Marathon and can't get out of my house with my Basque boyfriend. It's the best kept secret. No Brits here except me. Lovely. And then uh, uh, Jan says, when potting your plants today, ensure you put gravel. Oh, I never bother with that. I never bother with gravel in the bottom of the pots at all. It's just It just drains through as per normal. Some people say you should put gravel in. Listen, believe you me, if you saw my, my pots, which I've tweeted before, you, you know, you, you, I don't need to worry about things like that. And uh, somebody, uh, loads of Vicar of Dibley box sets on eBay. I wouldn't buy anything on eBay. I'm ever so sorry. That's, that's, that's my big no-no. I do not want to buy anything on eBay. 90% of the time it's fake and uh, I don't want to be ripped off. I want it to come from the BBC, but apparently it's not available. I've tried. 
I tried to find, you know, if there was a... I'm sure at some point, I do seem to remember in my dim and distant past, that I did manage to find a Vicar of Dibley box set on Amazon. And then magically, all of a sudden, and you think, why would you not have something up there? It should be available all the time, but it's not. It's not. It was very disappointing. What did I buy the other day? Oh, I bought something nice on Amazon. I can't tell you what it is, actually, because it's a present for somebody who could be listening at the moment. Uh, 84850. On Friday, uh, (laughs) David said, Matthew Wright said you were coming on his show today, but you've said you're making hanging baskets. You are conning... uh, Sorry, combining the two, or is it fake news? I think it sounds like fake news, unless it's a comedian called Stephen... N. Allen, I think, or something like that, um, who uh, might be, could could well be, actually, could well be. No, good heavens above, no. I was invited onto loads of shows to talk about Dale, but I just uh, didn't want to uh, to do it at all. Uh, Nick in Buckhurst Hill says, I bought a petrol lawnmower, 250 quid. Is it expensive? Well, I don't know. If you think it's worth it, it's worth it. I don't know, I've never bought a petrol lawnmower. That's what? It's expensive. It is the other, Stephen, yeah, Steve N. Allen. So always gets confusing. So it is expensive. Oh right, we've actually found cheaper petrol lawnmowers here. Hundred and seventy nine quid, uh, hundred and twenty five at Tesco. Challenge hundred and fifty nine pounds. Yeah, you've paid way over the odds. Yeah, you've been ripped off on that one. You can't take it back though, can you? you can hardly try. Oh, there's loads of them actually. You paid well. Oh, we found a big one, three hundred and forty nine. But normally they're about hundred and fifty quid. So uh, they are available at cheap prices. Uh, it just depends whether you want one of those. See, I'd always rather but a Qualcast for 239, so that's OK. Yeah. We used to have a, a petrol one years and years ago. And I quite li- I like the noise of a lawnmower. I do quite like that when we were sitting in the park on Friday, a friend of mine, and uh, it was lovely. It was absolutely lovely. And all we could hear was the sound of... Uh, it was full of drunks. And some bloke leers up to you. And then he starts going through the rubbish bin. And, but, but as opposed to just sort of having a look to see everything, he's throwing it all out, all over the grass. I feel like saying, why don't you just sort of, you know, go and sit somewhere else. Do everybody a favour. Makes it nicer. But all you could hear was the sound of the lawnmower cutting the grass, and it's that, uh, oh, what's your favourite smell? There you go. That's an idea for some radio stations that don't get an audience, you know. Oh, let's find out what people's favourite smell is. I think it would be the smell of fear in anybody who fights against Amir Khan. So he got £12,000 a second for a farce. I thought it was the biggest rip-off I've ever seen in my life. I thought the whole idea was, and I put this theory forward the other day, that if there are two people boxing in a ring, they're supposed to be evenly matched. Well, quite clearly, Amir Khan, who didn't even get so much as a scratch or a broken fingernail, was not evenly matched with this person they dredged up from an old people's home. I mean, it was over in 40 seconds. That's what they call a rip-off. That's not evenly matched at all. That was just a farce. A farce. Uh, Chrissy says, Vicar of Dibley box sets on Amazon. No, no, we've had a look. And I don't know what you're looking at. We've got Vicar of Dibley, the ultimate collection. It's not quite all of it, though, is it? And also, this is uh, buying you, blah, blah, blah. Don't forget to get ready to roll for... Yeah, it isn't... Yeah, they've actually got it from... It was a five-disc version. And is this current Vicar of Dibley stuff on here? Right. But it's... It doesn't include every episode. That's the problem. They call it the ultimate collection. It's not. It's absolutely not. You've only got six discs. I'm expecting like 15 or something like that. You know, it's a bit, um, you know, people have said, although not complete, there's more here than you'd expect. It's like 60 quid. I don't mind this. I'm not bothered about the uh, the 60 quid bit. 
But um, actually, I might have to buy it anyway. And I hope the other stuff comes up. There were loads of comedy series that I wanted years ago. One of them, which I really wanted, was um, uh, Windsor Davis and somebody else. What the dickens was that one called? They, they played two antique dealers. Win- Windsor Davis played an antique dealer. And uh, they lived next door to each other and they hated each other. It was very good. And that one, again, there's not many of those episodes at all. Is this Win- Windsor Davis we're looking at here? So, don't have hot mum. Uh, Commissioner's driving instructor, Karen England, the playbook. He did all sorts of naughty things, actually. <laughs> Lives in France, I believe. Uh, Mosley and two point four children. My family. Oh, was that Windsor Davis? Oh, how odd. Perhaps it came in earlier, actually, because he played. Uh, oh, he also he played major roles in two Carry On films behind in England, but they actually came out a long time. Never the Twain. That Never the Twain was that Windsor Davis and Donald Sindon. So uh, that was another good one. Is that available? Have we got a box set of that available on Amazon? We need to find out in the morning. Sorry to do this to you, but uh, again, classic, classic British comedy. And um, and I remember having this one, but I think I only got a few little things. You see, oh, it is available, actually. Ah, complete series 1 to 11. Oh, don't you dare go on, ladies and gentlemen, start buying this stuff. And there's a complete George and Mildred, which is good. Good. Going to be a busy day today. Not only do I have to contact the hospital to let them know about the cataract operation, because if, if you miss telling them that, yes, you can do it, you lose the slot to somebody else, and I am determined not to miss the slot. So in between that, going to the garden centre, <laughs> it's going to be very busy, and uh, going on to Amazon, there's barely enough time to breathe. Barely enough time to breathe. Uh, quick time check in case you're worried about it. 13 minutes past five, and uh, Sasha... Says, uh, Dale seemed a very warm, sensitive person with the complications that go with that, which is human. So um, we lost my mum in March. I seem to get a bit better, then it floods over me again. So I listen to you most mornings. You're full of life and you make me laugh. And, uh, well, I am. Well, I'm full of something. Tea at the moment. Tea would be the thing I'm, I'm full of. Uh, Steve, all Khan's fights are hand-picked for him. He's never even uh, never had an even fight with a real fighter. Well, that's exactly uh, what I thought. When you watch it, this other bloke might as well have just been sort of, you know, sort of, you know, walking on eggshells. It didn't make any difference. He was down very quickly. And you think, that's wrong. They're not evenly matched. He didn't even seem to get any punches in. 40 seconds. I'd be very cheated. Very cheated if I was a so-called fan. Uh, Steve, never the twain. Very good, says Rachel. Yeah, I thought it was good. Except the opener was way too long. Way too long. They had a bit where, you know, there was fire and then he was washing his car. And I thought, oh, do away with that. It just meant it was a short programme. OK, quick, uh, quick time check for you. It's Monday morning. It's the 23rd of April. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. With it till seven, Monday through Friday and Sunday morning and then Sunday evening for In Conversation. And in fact, you must stream that one. Dan Snow, very good. And Rob Goldstone as well. And uh, it's available now. So that's good news, isn't it? You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, every 18 minutes past five. Monday morning, come on, wakey, wakey, rise and shine. Uh, after all the road closures yesterday for the marathon, and a lot of people probably sitting around going, I'm aching. Bits of my body ache that I never thought would ever ache. But uh, well done if you completed it. Boo hiss to Katie Price. I think there was no danger she was ever going to complete it at all. She only managed... I think between 10 and 15 kilometres, so hardly worth bothering. But there again, as somebody said, she never raised very much money anyway, compared to, you know, the people who are running for Make Some Noise. 
Toby Tarrant, I mean, £21,000, you know, I mean, come on, brilliant, absolutely brilliant, far better. And he's, he's nowhere near as known as Katie Price with her fan out there. As I say, she could have, perhaps, you know, being a multimillionaire, she could have sponsored herself, but... Uh, says, we don't think there's any truth in being a multi-millionaire. So there's no chance of getting the money. Uh, Stephen Chelsea says, I love Never the Twain. Must get the complete set. Well, it's not. It's not. Only series one and two are available uh, for reasons best known to themselves. You know, Windsor Davis is still alive. 87, lives in the south of France. And uh, Donald Sindon died a few years ago. He was 90. I should love Donald Sindon. He, used, he came into LBC once. I must tell you this story because I thought it was quite funny at the time. And you could smoke in the studios in those days. And so we had ashtrays. I smoked. The guests smoked. And, um, and he, w- he was smoking. So I said, oh, have you been smoking long? And as he's sitting there with a cigarette, he went, I, I, I don't smoke. It turned out his wife didn't know that he smoked at all. So he sort of denied it blatantly. And I went, oh, right, OK. <laughs> I thought it was very odd. But uh, we did have somebody coming in who actually sort of went, oh, cigarettes. That was Warren Mitchell. He was very anti-smoking, of, uh, of which I've never been. You know, if somebody wants to smoke, they smoke. It's, you know, I did smoke, but not anymore. Hanging basket tip. Put a plastic saucer in the bottom after moss and before the... I don't make them, Lisa. I buy them. There's a farm down in Chertsey that make my hanging baskets. They have the exclusive Steve Allen contract to supply hanging baskets, and I love them. I love them. Uh, Steve, uh, do you have rising damp? No, I never liked... I was not... A fan of Rising Damp, although they were okay, and the rise and fall of Reggie Perrin left me cold. Leonard Rossiter says Mark was a a very gifted comedy actor. I preferred the advert he did with Joan Collins. I preferred that one with the sort of the tipping of the drinks. But no, I just I didn't do those at all. Uh, Have you been watching the repeats of your only young twice, the care home based sitcom? Yes, um, I remember it first first time round, Russ. Thank you. And um, he said it was quite funny in a retro way. It was. I love Sissy. I love Sissy, and um, I just—you're right. It was set in a care home, but it was—it was, it was quite nicely done. I like things. I like the uh, the music. I think uh, somebody says, "Do you read a lot of books?" No, I I I absorb a lot of information. I'm very good at absorbing information. Uh, and uh, you mentioned St George fighting a dragon. Maybe Steve, it was a Komodo dragon. Clever, clever, clever. Could be. And uh, and Joyce says, "Happy St George's Day." You did, uh, you did great last week. Well, I have to be honest, it wasn't, wasn't one of my finest hours, but it was, uh, it was certainly a week. My God, was that a week. In fact, we lost so many people, didn't we? Avicii, and, uh, and then we lost uh, Mini Me as well, Vern Troyer. Just, just also terrible. Did you know that there is a car theft kit for sale on Amazon? I mean, I thought you can buy most things on Amazon, but this is a car theft kit. It's an electronic gadget, online for less than £100. Um, they say here, the hacking device allows thieves to reprogram a blank key fob so it can start a car's ignition. Good Lord above. And then inside, they've got this, uh, this little thing here, the original fob and a blank, almost identical. And um, it can change... It's a, it's a lock pick... They say here, used on Fords, thought you could buy it. It's a skeleton key for about 21 quid on Amazon. Why are Amazon selling stuff like that? They say we take vehicle uh, security seriously. But if you, can, if you can buy this thing online, why are they not checking it? It does, does amaze me that people don't seem to check everything that they should. 
Because, you know, if you can buy something like this, I mean, I've got a lockpick set at home, but I bought it as a novelty years ago, and it'll just do Yale locks. You put it in. I've got an electronic one as well, which actually, when I say electronic, it's battery. And it sort of vibrates, and then it sort of knocks the tumblers out. And occasionally I've sort of done that just for fun, but, I mean, I'm not going to be going equipped, as they say. Also, the paper today, uh, breakfast is the key to losing weight. Uh, I was always told that. If you eat breakfast... But the trouble is, how can you do it in the morning? You can't do it in the morning, unless you go for a double sausage and egg McMuffin or things like that. But the majority of people just don't have time for breakfast. That's why you get people sitting on the train. They open up a Tupperware box. That's my worst thing, next to somebody putting on makeup on the train, is somebody sitting down there. They either get out the little wrapped-in uh, aluminium foil sandwiches that they've made at home, and, and they start eating them, then they drop some of them. Or the people who actually go and buy porridge first thing in the morning and sit on the train eating it. Or failing that, the people who open up a Tupperware box and inside it seems like a veritable banquet. And they sit there eating it and you think, How do, what, where, where do you come from that means you eat in public? Not just eating in public. I don't mind somebody walking down the road if they want to walk down the road and eat a sausage roll or something like that. But who in their right mind on a packed commuter train opens up a Tupperware box and starts eating cornflakes? Cornflake. I mean, seriously, these people are peasants. You know, they go, why don't you just get up earlier? Oh, I need to stay in bed a bit later. Do you really? Oh, dear. Now, Telford politicians unmasked as sex abusers. Ex-social service chief admitted indecent assault on a teenage boy. And this is the former head of social services in a town at the centre of the child abuse scandal as a convicted sex offender. Two other local politicians with links to Telford have also been found guilty of child sex charges. And um, it's amazing here. This is uh, uh, Graham Bould, who was head of Shropshire Social Services, was given a community order in 2001 after he admitted indecently assaulting a teenage boy in the early 1980s. And uh, this was Aldry, also a reverend who sat on the board, assaulted the same boy. He was jailed for 15 months. The other one just gets a community order. They seem to have different sort of standards here. And the Anglican clergyman who was ordained, uh, ordained in 1973 was found guilty of two indecent assaults following a trial at Wolverhampton Crown Court. And uh, so it goes on. No, most of these uh, people, uh, I should imagine, are probably not even living again. Uh, Bald was arrested in October 2000 when he stood down after 18 years as a councillor. He met the, uh, the, the boy at a church group. At a church group, for goodness sake. Hence, I suppose, the, uh, the reverend jumping in on the bandwagon as well. Uh, last night, two of them, one is a reverend and the other one is, uh, is somebody else, couldn't be uh, contacted. It's amazing, isn't it, really? A West Mercia police spokesman said that questions around the conduct of council members were a matter for the relevant council. Really? I thought it'd be a police matter. I've obviously missed the point on this one. Uh, plastic bags carry bugs dangerous to humans after just six weeks in the sea. I never even thought about it, but I, I have been on beaches before and coves where, you know, there are plastic bags and shoes. I mean, all manner of things which must just literally have been thrown overboard or something like that. Or somebody left them on a beach. The tide took them out and then they wander about uh, for eternity. Uh, Jan Moyer is the one writing in the mail today about the uh, the poor Queen. Ed Balls on a ukulele, Craig David bragging about his female conquests, and uh, a few other people. Uh, the Queen rolling her eyes, as Prince Charles calls her mummy. You've done the gag before, Charles. OK, we did it, 
you know, when you were in the garden at Buckingham Palace, your majesty, mummy, we've heard it before, OK, try and get a new scriptwriter. You know, she doesn't like it, quite clearly. And uh, I did like her, though, with David Attenborough. I thought that was a fascinating insight into two 92-year-olds where there was a lot of silence. There was more silence than anything else, but her, her knowledge of trees seemed quite good. And uh, occasionally they smiled. And sometimes she looked at him as if to, as if to say... I've seen you before somewhere, but I don't know who you are. Two 92-year-olds. Jan Moyer says here, Dear God, what did Her Majesty do to deserve this? I mean, Ed Balls. It's finished, mate. It's finished. Go home. Go home. It's uh, it's much better that way. Uh, Also, um, what was this? This this could be Meghan Markle's wedding dress. It's a bit over the top, but uh, it's quite nice. And this is uh, the British label, Ralph and Rousseau. We don't know. I mean, this this dress could be as much as £40,000. Because you remember she wore one of their evening gowns to her engagement, which cost £56,000. How can it cost that much? How can it cost? Apparently her shoulders will be covered. She will then change into another dress for dinner and the dance held by Prince Charles at Frogmore House near Windsor Castle. Frogmore, I think, is where the royal family are buried. I think there's lots of people buried there. And uh, Scotland Yard, they say, 6.35 million on policing the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge's wedding. I mean, it's a nice dress, but it's got to be practical. St George's Chapel isn't exactly enormous. Uh, Also, a nephew's hint that Camilla will become queen. Uh, This is Ben Elliott, who, uh, who remarked in a new documentary. As we've seen with our current queen, she's been a great queen because she's been assisted absolutely brilliantly by her husband, the Duke of Edinburgh. And so they go, Camilla will become queen. Do you think so? Do you think the public will, will take to something like that? I don't know. She seems perfectly pleasant. I don't have a problem with her. She seems quite human. She was agreeing the other day with um, that, uh, that burglary that took place in the house. Uh, Philip Green's daughter, uh, they've done a piece here, the depravity of Chloe's future father-in-law. You know that uh, Chloe Green uh, used to be on Chelsea but was too dull, so they decided that maybe maybe not for her at all. So, uh, anyway, she sort of, she toddles around the world doing very little. And then she meets a felon, a hot felon. And they're now engaged. And she's pregnant. I mean, it's all going terribly well. But, uh, anyway, now it turns out that her hot felon's father has been in jail for 33 years for murder. Fantastic! I bet they can't wait for the wedding reception. You you thought they were going to have problems with Harry and Meghan. Good God in heaven! This, uh, This here, the murder of a young mother... This is by her felon's father, and um, his name's Ray Meeks. This murder was so barbaric, it was drawn out over five hours. Well, fantastic. Philip Green must be rubbing his hands with pleasure on this one. They've got a whole family. The mother has been done for assault, convicted of aggravated battery. Uh, Jeremy Meeks, robbery, theft and assault. That's the one she's engaged to. Uh, Dad Ray Meeks, murder and rape. Fantastic, honestly. You couldn't make it up, could you? Brother Emery Meeks, uh, robbery, hit and run. Sister Carmela, theft and drug offences. Woo, that wedding is going to be something else. Go on, tell you, you won't have a boat left at the end of it, Phil, will you? They'll have made off with all of it. God in heaven. Little did you realise, little did you realise. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. 26 minutes to... Uh, I need to say to seven, actually. I need to sort of move the clock on a fraction for you. 26 minutes to six. So just remember, if there is going to be a wedding with Chloe Green and that felon, 
Uh, don't take any valuables or anything like that. The rest of his uh, family will have you sorted out straight away. Um, interestingly, a story in the paper today about uh, a lady called Mandy Richards. Mandy Richards makes the paper today. She's a fantasist. She's been placed under 14 restraining orders and has now been chosen by Labour as a prospective MP. Mandy Richards is the party's choice as parliamentary candidate for the marginal seat of Worcester. But Labour faced calls to replace her last night after embarrassing revelations about her past. She's said to be banned from bringing court actions without a judge's permission after an astonishing series of false and vexatious claims against MI5, MI6, the Metropolitan Police, the Army, Thames Water, the Gas, the Electric and Broadband Suppliers, Royal Mail, Hackney Council, her GP and the freeholder of her flat. Seems an ideal choice, doesn't she, really, to be an MP? Good blimey. She's a strong supporter of Jeremy Corbyn. You get them, Jeremy, don't you? You really do. That, um, said the organisations had put her under surveillance, had tampered with her car and bicycle, interfered with her mail, invaded her home or failed to protect her from attempts to poison her because of her political views. The High Court reportedly found the claims were totally without merit. She's quite clearly not the full ticket, is she? Not the full ticket at all, but welcome her with open arms, Jeremy. Might be all you can get at the moment, I suppose. All very worrying, isn't it? Fourteen restraining orders. Fourteen. I mean, that's somebody... It's not just a fantasist, that's somebody with a serious illness. Serious. Uh, Steve, worse on a packed commuter train is the stench of a McDonald's or a Burger King meal. Ought to be bad. Oh, we don't have things like that down here. We're in the South. But I don't think I've seen anybody sitting on a train eating a McDonald's or a Burger King. I've never seen that at all. Never. Fried chicken. Producer had somebody eating fried chicken. Was that on the bus or the train? On the train, really? Who does that? Mind you, I had somebody eating, years and years ago, a curry. And then I sat upstairs on a bus, probably about two years ago. And again, there were two women eating Kentucky fried chicken at the top of the bus. I felt like saying, peasants. What sort of people do that? Perhaps they thought it was a mystery tour. Perhaps they thought it was one of those things you take your own packed lunch. That is disgusting. I agree with you, actually. In fact, I've changed my mind completely. Uh, Howard says Prince Harry will be having his pre-wedding haircut by uh, the company Hair by George. Prince William's son George will be giving him his haircut. I mean, do you think he's going to shave the beard off? He probably won't, will he? I mean, he'll, he'll be wearing some sort of mock army uniform, you know, because, you know, if you've been in the army and then you're not in the army anymore, apparently it gives you the right to wear it wherever you want. And I suppose, because I can't think what else he's going to wear unless it's going to be a, a sort of a proper suit. So she'll be sort of turning up. He'll be sort of standing there looking like the lovesick puppy. And uh, there'll be people demonstrating outside going anti because they've, they've been allowed to demonstrate over the, uh, over the royal wedding. I mean, to be honest with you, I don't know why they have to have these big, lavish events. Nobody really cares, do they? There will be people out on the streets, but it's not like the whole country are going for this. In fact, actually, the more you read about it, the more there's going to be a disaster. You think that there's problems with Pip Green... And his, uh, and his daughter and her sort of uh, boyfriend's family. My God, you wait till you see Meghan Markle's. I mean, this one, they're all fighting among themselves. And now, as you've heard on the programme this morning, it turns out that one of them, some, some niece, is being coerced by a television company to gate-crash the wedding. Who gate-crashes weddings now? Nobody, as far as I know. Uh, Steve, says Yvonne. Darth question, is Joanne as lovely as she sounds? No, absolutely not. Good heavens above. Of course she is. Of course she is. We talk every morning, actually. Every morning. In fact, sometimes when you don't want to talk, she talks. Which is good. She can talk the hind legs off the donkey. 
Seriously. But, uh, no, t- I always have a little treat for her every day. I don't want to tell you what it is. It's a little thing between the two of us. No, no, we sit... I mean, I can... If I sort of lean back a little bit, I can sort of look through... Oh, no, I'm looking at the wrong desk, actually. I could see somebody's desk in the office, but it's not hers. She's just a bit round the corner, which is quite nice. Which is not the same as saying she's a bit round the bend or anything like that. She's round the corner uh, because that's where the table is. Steve, I remember the documentary which showed, says Dean, how difficult... Uh, it was for Prince Charles to feel accepted by his parents from childhood. I think he's always battled with it. Also watched your five-minute tour of LBC again the other night. Thank you. Yes, Charles has always had that because from an early age he had nannies. That was it. You know, they, they, don't, do, they don't do children. That's why I suppose, really, there's a lot of dysfunctionality there. Lying in bed at the, uh, the moment, says Phil, struggling with the idea of getting up. I've got to drive to Scotland and I really can't be bothered. And you mentioned Leonard Rossiter. I have the Rising Damp box set, but you really must look on YouTube at Leonard Rossiter with Morecambe and Wise doing Boogie Woogie Bugle Boy as the Andrews sisters. So funny, and the lip-syncing is superb. There's a moment when Ernie catches Eric Iron laughs as he realises just how well the sketch is going. It'll be an Eddie Brayburn sketch, won't it, I should imagine. But I just didn't do Leonard Rossiter. I never interviewed him. I thought he'd, uh, he'd sort of passed on long before I sort of came on the scene. Uh, there's also a comedy series that I'm desperate to find. Never released. Three Up, Two Down with Michael Elphick and Angela Thorne. I think it is. I think it is because I think I've, I've got um, episodes of Three Up, Two Down. That also cont- Oh, what was the name of the bloke in it? There was a young man in it who I think played the... Uh, because Michael Elphick played the bloke who moved into her flat or she moved into his flat. But his son ended up being a filmmaker. Yeah, series one and two's available. I thought so. £28. Yes, I I knew I had it. Who else is in it? There was one particular lad who was in it. And find find the cast. Here we go. Michael Elphick, Lysa Dandy, Ray Burdis. Ray Burdis. I kind of grew up with Ray Burdis. And um, he's an English actor, screenwriter, director and film producer. He started acting at the age of 11. He's an Anna Sher boy. Appeared in uh, Steptoe and Someone He Was 15. But in fact, he was also in... You Must Be Joking, which he co-created and wrote, starred with Phil Daniels in Four Idle Hands. And um, just every time I saw him on there, good-looking boy, good-looking boy. I apologise if he's listening at the moment. You might be thinking, oh, God, where's he going with this one? But uh, every time I watched it, I used to watch it for, for Mr Burdis. He also directed and wrote the film The Wee Man, starring Martin Compson and John Hanna, that won two Scottish BAFTAs. He's apparently currently in pre-production of Mods, because I have a feeling that he was in Quadrophenia. I might be wrong on that one, but I've just got a feeling that he was in... He was in Gandhi, Music Machine, Minder, Scum. He was in Scum, I remember that. But was he in Quadrophenia? He might not have been, actually, but he looked as though he, he probably should have been. But, uh, no, very interesting man, very interesting man. So I'm glad to see that he's, uh, he's still working. Ray Burdis is the writer of To Be Someone, which was reported to be a sequel to Quadrophenia. But I don't think he was actually in Quadrophenia. But uh, I'm glad to say he's still working. I'm very pleased about that. Makes me feel, you know, people that you sort of grew up with. Which probably makes him sound quite old, actually. But I, I don't think he is. Uh, Steve, Robin's Nest. And she, will you please stop sending me in your favourite sitcoms? This is not some local radio station. But Robin's Nest, again, all available. All available. All of this stuff is available. Um, always a great show, Steve, says Ant in Ashford. And... Uh, uh, last week, tough for you. <laughs> this week, I'm feeling pretty tough as well, I'm afraid. Uh, been looking for box sets of Rent-A-Ghost. 
That was Michael Staniforth, wasn't it, who played Timothy Claypole? Yeah, he, he died some time ago. Biggins was in that. I'm pretty certain Biggins was in Rent-A-Ghost. Pretty certain. George and the Dragon with Peggy Mount and Sid James. Uh, I've got it. I've got it on video. Whether or not it made it onto DVD, I don't know. But I've definitely got it on video. Because it's so funny. Because sometimes when they transfer them to video, they don't bother cleaning them up or anything else. At least on DVD, you get some sort of cleaning up. But I've a feeling that George and the Dragon with uh, with Sid James and Peggy Mount was not cleaned up. So, in fact, it looks, you know, because they might have been taken from old tapes or even somebody, dare I say, recording from the television. But, uh, again, it was another another classic one. She was great, Peggy Mount. I interviewed her years and years ago. And, and she was with Petula Clark. And they reminded each other that they'd worked together years and years before. And I, I thought that was, uh, that was actually uh, quite nice. Uh, very brave to do the show last week, says Natalie. Dale would be proud. I would like to think so. He'd be thrilled, actually. He'd be thrilled that we devoted so much time on the programme to him. <laughs> such, such was his ego, bless him. He'd have loved things like that. He really would have done. Uh, another one here says, I've just been on Amazon and pre-ordered The Darkest Hour. What's The Darkest Hour? Oh, is, the Ga- oh, is that the Gary Oldman Churchill film? Is it really? I've just watched Paddington 2. How exciting is my life? And Annie, I told you, Annie, this is a, uh, a really good version. Came out in about 2014. So uh, you'll enjoy The Darkest Hour. Uh, Brooklyn's had another tattoo, says Gary. Oh, lovely. Look at that. He's so class. So good. What a chav family. You know, I'm surprised, actually. What's he got done? What's that? Like a pin-up lady. There's just something the matter with him. He's got a cross on his hand. It's a sword, is it? Oh, right. Nothing to do with religion. There's something peculiar with him, I tell you. Perhaps he sort of thinks this looks great. But as I say, they don't seem to have any control over their children at all. Harper will be going out wearing bikinis very shortly, I should imagine, with her first tattoo, you know, because Mummy's got one. And I'm sure that they'll be tweeting about how just marvellous the family are. But to be honest with you, they just look a bit odd. They're starting to come over as a little bit odd. But there again, you wait till you still George Lineker, <laughs> who's going to be apparently going into Chelsea, because apparently, so the story goes, he's going out with Georgie Toffolo. Yeah, right. And I'm going to knit fog as well. And so that'll be exciting, won't it, as George sort of struggles with conversation with anybody in Made in Chelsea. I wouldn't mind, but I thought his, I thought his father's working class. What are they doing in it? That's for well-heeled people. People who can string a sentence together, not somebody who advertises naff crisps. God, dear. at least he's got the same ears, so that's good news. Uh, Steve, we lost our uh, mum Saturday morning. Four children. She loved LBC. She liked racing and won on the Grand National. That uh, says Gail. There you go. That's what happens, you know, as you get a bit older, you do lose people. I've, I've, I've learned that one out to the to my cost and my detriment, that you do lose people. You know, you speak to people. And I was speaking to um, somebody the other day, Andy, wrote to me, uh, used to the travel here, Andy McCall. Do you remember Andy McCall? He, he was printing pictures and he, he sent me a, a text saying, you know, we were chatting after his mum died. Because, you know, if you've been through things like that, you, you feel as though you've got some, some authority to talk about it. And he reminded me that he said, when my mum died, you were talking about it. I said, yeah, we all say the same things. But when it's, when it's not family and when it's somebody you've known for, you know, 46 plus years, that's it. And especially when you joked about it, especially when you talked about it on numerous occasions going, you know, we're going to get a phone call one day. There's going to be a phone call from somebody saying... He's, uh, he's, he's died, and, of course, that day happened. But you just don't think it's going to happen. You know, in theory, we always discussed, I should have gone first. 
would have made it easier that way, but uh, nevertheless. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. It's Steve Allen's Early Breakfast. 12 minutes to six is the time for Monday morning. And um, uh, one on Saturday, did you hear Paul Gambaccini uh, making a tribute to Dale? I was No, I didn't, actually. Strange enough, I don't listen to the radio. I only listen to LBC. <laughs> a bit of an old stick in the mud. It's only because I don't know how to tune anything in on the car radio. And then I realised that they all come up on the car radio. It's got a whole list of all the radio stations. So I did try one morning flipping round all the different uh, stations to hear how, how it all compared. I thought we did very well, actually. Very well. Uh, the royal family's an odd bunch, says Albert. Soon to get worse when Harry marries into the Beverly Hillbillies. He says, are these so-called royals still on a civil list, or was that stopped? I think it was stopped. I think you find um, the Queen pays Prince Andrew, basically for staying away, I should imagine, and uh, the two ghastly daughters. We're not sure what happens there. Uh, no, so I, I don't think there is. I mean, the civil list was until, I think it was about 2011, the annual grant that I think covered the expenses associated with the sovereign performing official duties. So I think, I think if memory serves, transport and security for the royal family, together with property maintenance and other sundry expenses, covered by separate grants. But in fact, the civil list was abolished in 2011. So, uh, so there isn't uh, anything else. You know, they have the, the sovereign grant, which funds the monarch's official duties. Uh, and so presumably that, that would cover, uh, you know, dinners at Buckingham Palace and stuff like that. And um, it's about, I think, actually, 42 million, if, if memory serves me. That was, that was about what it is. But when and the Queen and the Prince of Wales also get private incomes through the Duchy of Lancaster and the Duchy of Cornwall. They say that the sovereign grant only accounts for a small part of the total cost of running the monarchy, which is approximately £300 million. But it doesn't cover the cost of police and army security and armed services, nor does it cover the cost of royal ceremonies or local government costs for royal visits. They have to, they have to find that themselves. But the increase, I think, last time round was 7%, £42.8 million. But they, they generate more than they take. Because there was this big problem, wasn't there, some, some years ago about, um, about uh, the Queen paying tax and stuff like that. And so, but there's lots of trust funds. It's very complicated. It's more complicated than you imagine. You know, on the, on the Duchy of Cornwall, that's a crown entity holding land and other assets to produce an income for the monarch's eldest child. So it's, it's wheels with it. So they don't own any of their property either. That's all held in different trust funds. So, in other words, if... Harry and Meghan, when they get married, and they're in a house, if they then get divorced, she don't get anything. You know, she doesn't get a house or anything like that because they don't own it. They'll be renting it. I think in uh, up to 2011, 2012, the duchy was valued at about £728 million, with an annual profit of £18.3 million paid to the prince. So Harry's money will come from that. But paying for the... Uh, the wedding and the security and everything else, it's, it's, it'll be juggled around between place to place. It's very interesting, actually. And also, the, the Duke of Edinburgh gets an annual uh, salary of about 359000 from the treasure, Treasury. Um, there was also an allowance of Princess Margaret, but that's, of course, finished now. And I think you'll find that the Princess Royal, Duke of York and the Earl and Countess of Wessex are mainly met through the Queen's income from the Duchy of Lancaster. Because uh, they don't do anything, do they? In fact, I don't, I don't know what Edward does. You know, apart from, you know, out of all of them, he's held his marriage together. I'm not sure what his actual 
job is? I mean, will he be, you know, I don't know. I mean, I, I really don't know what they do. I really don't know. We're not even sure what, what Prince Andrew does nowadays. We know that the daughters apparently have jobs that they flit in and out of, but uh, mainly they're just playing celebrities nowadays. So they'll be wearing some ghastly outfits for the wedding. You can well imagine, can't you? They've always had the most dreadful hats. Dreadful hats. Uh, readers who struggle with a book for months. I I don't read books, actually. I tend to go online and uh, read. People send me in things. I get brochures from houses. I got a lovely one a short while ago from Wentworth Woodhouse, which you know is one of my favourite places in the country. And if you get the opportunity to get the documentary on DVD, get it. Because it's it's well worth it to see... You know, and it's not a case of rich and poor. It's a case of look at this fantastic house. Look at this beautiful house that, you know, Manny Shinwell tried to get rid of because he was a nasty, evil little person. And so he mined underneath it, right underneath the house. Coal mining, right up to their back door. Evil person he was. Uh, what do we have here? Oh, oh, spare a thought. Spare a thought the other day, because I remember we did actually wish him a happy birthday. That was uh, Nabi Tajima. Nabi Tajima is, sorry, was... The oldest person living. He was 117. And I saw him on the television. And uh, they had somebody banging a drum over his head. I thought, I'm not surprised he died. He probably went completely deaf. 117 he was. And um, uh, he was born on August the 4th, 1900, while Queen Victoria was still on the throne. Uh, the US-based research group say another Japanese woman, who is called Clio Miyako is now the world's oldest person. She lives south of Tokyo and is due to turn 117 in 10 days' time. Awful, isn't it, really? You get to that sort of, I mean, I don't know what quality of life is at 117, but we have more people who are sort of living uh, into their late 80s, early 90s and stuff like that. And, you know, whilst health might not be the best thing, I always think getting up early in the morning is the, is the way forward. Because if you get up early in the morning, all right, you can always have a doze in the afternoon. If you're an elderly person or you suffer from insomnia... Get up early in the morning. You don't have to actually get out of bed at four in the morning. As long as you're there for us at that time, I'll be here every morning. And so at least you've got something that is sort of vaguely live. I say vaguely live. I have days where I sort of drift in and out of consciousness and, uh, and enjoy every second of it. But that, that's what it is. That's what it's about. And I get people who, who drive trucks, who clean trains, who do everything. You know, they're, they're sort of they're part of this great metropolis and this great land. This great country of ours. Apparently, we're also paying £369 million, says Paul, to refurbish Buckingham Palace. I know, that's been ongoing for years. I mean, well, it's not their money hasn't. But I think we all went, how much? They should have done it years ago. But because it's a working palace, it's a bit difficult to start closing bits down of it. But uh, it wasn't built for them. Built for the Duke of Buckingham. And I think the royal family went, oh, love that. So, so they took it. They've refaced it. They've done lots of things uh, to it. I've never been round it. I've seen it on the television. It looks vast. I mean, seriously, it must be an army of cleaners keeping that. She just wanders from room to room. I don't think she, you know, she has a little morning room and she signs the posts and stuff like that. But uh, the rest of the time, she must wonder where the God in hell she is. So many rooms, about 700 rooms. And uh, CJ says, you can imagine my surprise when I heard your voice on Radio 2 whilst out driving. Yes, me too. Me too. I didn't hear it. People told me about it. Uh, back on an early shift, says Nathan in Gravesend. Uh, so I get to listen to the best radio show ever. Oh, which one are you listening to? Do tell. Do write in and let us know. I tuned in late this morning. Have you mentioned how Katie Price... Yes. Yes. Katie Price failed to do it. Also failed to really make any money. You know, considering how famous she is, in inverted commas, she just raised the princely sum of £2,100. As I keep pointing out, Toby Tarrant 
who works one of our sister stations here, raised £21,000, and he's never taken his top off for anybody. So there you go. Only goes to prove that uh, maybe Katie Price, not as popular as she likes to think in her own mind. Uh, have you done a conversation with Bob Geldof? No. Uh, would you like to? No. No, not remotely interested. Not remotely uh, interested. Uh, Steve, do you remember a, a Phil Redmond series called Going Out? Had many actors from Scum, says George. I don't, I don't know it. I've, I might have vaguely remembered it. Phil Redmond was very good. Uh, which deco- decade did you prefer in your uh, career out of the 80s or 90s? All of it. All of it. It's all, it's all good. I think, you know, if, if you're still working in this business after a number of years, it's got to be because either you're very good uh, or you just love what you're doing or you're cheap. And I think, luckily, I fit into all those categories. <laughs> I'm sort of perfectly happy with, with, uh, with everything. Uh, loving the show today, says Wendy. Phil was cooking at the food festival in my local town, Bishop Auckland, home of Scarlet Moffat. That'll be the foul-mouthed Scarlet Moffat. And she got a picture. I said to him, I'm a big Steve Allen fan, and he said he loves your text messages. <laughs> well, p- poor old Fern thinks, thinks there's three in their relationship. There's me, her, and, uh, and Phil at the same time, bless him. Uh, we love Phil. He always, he'll always text in if he's up early in the morning, if he's going off to do uh, this morning. And, uh, and we, get, we get a lot of people home of Scarlet Moffat. I saw on that dreadful Celebrity Juice, the language was atrocious. Absolutely atrocious. Uh, Steve, been awake for a while now. Somebody's putting up scaffolding for the last hour, says Daryl. Oh, is that the worst? Sca- Why are they so noisy? Why can't scaffolders be quiet? Very noisy. Very noisy. Uh, still to come, the guide using museum tours to label Nelson a white supremacist. And so here she is. This is uh, art historian Alice Proctor, who runs the tour, claims artefacts at institutions such as the British Museum and the V&A fell into British hands through slavery and looting. Riveting. Riveting. Honestly. There's always one, isn't there? I'm sure there must be bits and pieces that over the years has been taken. Let's not mention the Elgin marble, shall we? Don't want to go down that one. Uh, also, Park's trees are facing the chop to stop crime. And uh, a council is going to spend 100,000 quid to chop down 40 trees to stop antisocial behaviour. It's in Leicester. They've had 52 incidents in the last 12 months. What are they doing? Hiding behind trees or something and running out going, boo! So they're going to cut the trees down. That's going to be very disappointing, isn't it? Anyway, news at six is coming up in, uh, in a matter of 60 seconds. If you want to stay married for 20 years, you're happier than newlyweds. Well, I don't know, you can't wipe the smile off Harry's face at the moment, can you? Do you think they've actually shared a... Oh, no, it doesn't matter. Uh, the sickening depravity of Chloe's future father-in-law. The old family seem to be criminals, which is great. Uh, funny girl Dawn... Shuns acting as writing books is more fun. Uh, divorced for loud snoring. That can be the uh, breakup of many a marriage. Pippa and her pooches. She took them into a Tesco supermarket. Perhaps she's not as bright as we, uh, as we thought she was. And the money expert, Martin Lewis, sues Facebook over a string of fake ads which abuse his image. Not good news, is it? You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. It's Monday, the 23rd of April. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast on LBC till 7. Nick Ferrari will be here. I'll give you a rundown just after half past. We'll also do the front pages of the uh, the papers. Security for Wills and Kate's wedding, £6 million. I thought they were saying, in, in the back of my mind, I had a figure of £30 million for Harry's. And I remember thinking, why would it be so much more expensive? Is it more difficult to to police Windsor? Because apparently they're going to be 
checks uh, on people going in. I thought, well, what about the people who are in there already? Are they going to go around and check every house? I mean, I realise it's a, it's a, a security risk. But, you know, no more than anything else that takes place in London when politicians sort of wander in and out of TV studios and radio studios. So I did read. I'm sure they said uh, that Meghan and Harry's was going to be about 30 million. Could, yeah, there you go. 30 million. They said here the royal wedding is expected to cost an excess of 45 million dollars, which is 32 million quid, most of which is allocated for security. What on earth have they done? I mean, what are they, they're building a wall around it or something. I can't believe it. That's an awful lot, because the actual church is inside Windsor Castle, unless you're scaling the walls with ladders and people are pouring boiling oil down on top of you. You won't get in. You know, it'll be relayed outside. But you won't better get in there. The only people who get in there, I mean, it's, it's quite tight security. It's in, so so the, the, this includes the cost of, wait for this one, um, snipers, undercover police, military technology and security drones. So... An, £30 million. Pounds. So, in other words, you're going to be having drones flying about all over the crowd to what? I mean, this is going to be unbelievable. Because apparently in certain parts of America, they've started using drones for dropping parcels. Have you seen how it works? The drone is holding a parcel. It flies... At, how it's going to work in towns? I only saw one landing in a field. It drops the parcel, which bounces around on the field. Unless you're standing in the field, how are you going to know it's your parcel? It could be raining down from everywhere, but I suppose at the wedding... They're going to be using the drones, which will have cameras on there, and uh, they'll have to go. Then they have to take them back to a docking station, and the snipers will be on the buildings. They'll be looking for. I mean, it makes you wonder why they bother getting married. It sounds far too dangerous. Just do it privately, okay? They got married. Thank you. You know, and finish it. We don't need this big elaborate thing. Nobody's particularly bothered by it. There'll be people lining the streets, but there you get you people lining the streets to watch rubbish. Uh, carts all over the place, so it doesn't make any difference. You'll have them sort of there. There'll be the anti-monarchist brigade. They'll be holding up placards saying this is a waste of money. And there'll be people flogging cheap, tatty souvenirs. I don't know where they have to have licences, but the rubbish they sell nowadays, there are tea towels, apparently, official tea towels, like you really want to wash your plates up with a picture of, you know, Harry and Meghan on it. I don't quite understand how that works. Perhaps the people just hang them in their kitchens. And then there'll be all the photographers, there'll be the film crews, then there'll be an open carriage run. It must be a nightmare for security. Wouldn't it be just easy to say, listen, don't, don't actually bother with it? Let's actually not bother with the wedding. Just let them get married, registry office, just round the corner, and, uh, and then just issue some official pictures. Do it at night. Here they are, you know, they're going round the town at night with a carriage lit up. OK, back back to the palace, close close the doors. Because Wills, is it Will? Yeah, w- w- William is going to be doing best man, getting in a helicopter, flying to Wembley, officiating at the whatever it is we're doing down there, FA Cup final. He'll be giving the cup out and cup, thank you, over there. Back in the helicopter and back for the dinner. And you think, oh, they're so hardworking. You think, he's only got to shake hands and hold a cup, and I shouldn't imagine he'd be holding much of the cup anyway. And to be best man, you just need to stand there and look nervous and sweat a bit. I mean, whether he'll come up with a... Because we, we waited ages to get that, didn't we? We always knew that uh, Harry was Will's best man. And who else could there be? They don't trust anybody else. They've got a few friends they drink with in Mahiki and stuff like that. But the rest of the time, they're, they're sort of they're insulated. I suppose because they've sort of grown up together. They seem to know each other. They're going to be living in the same place. Must be a nightmare, mustn't it? Oh, God, he's back at the door again. Oh, Do you have any tea or anything like that we can drink? No, we don't. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> You'll see Mag- Megan popping around for a cup of sugar. 
And then the ghastly family turn. I can't wait to meet this family. They're beginning to sound, as somebody pointed out earlier, like the Beverly Hillbillies. Sounds fantastic, doesn't it, really? Uh, how vehicles are broken up for parts sent abroad. And uh, Range Rover's fairly popular. Don't want to tell you, Dale, but the car might go. You know, because he's got a Range Rover. Uh, Kylie at 50. I'm now more likely to become a stepmum than have children of my own. Oh, shut up. Shut up, shut up, shut up. We don't care. Listen, the album's number one. All right, be satisfied. Be satisfied. Pippa's expecting a baby in October. Woo! Hold the front pages. That'll be exciting. Just don't take your dogs out into a supermarket again. What are you, mad or something? Uh, Steve, when you ask whatever happened to the ghastly daughters, at least one of them, Beatrice, was working hard this weekend at Windsor, presenting awards to scouts and scout leaders. Like my brother, who's given so much to his local community, helping to develop children from a wide range of family backgrounds, says Pete in East Yorkshire. Oh, that's nice. Nice to know that Beatrice actually has managed to... And that's it. That's not a job, is it, really? Not really a job. Uh, I went to see Joe Pasquale, says Paul, in Some Mothers Do Have Him in Eastbourne. Fantastic show, and he's excellent. A must-see show. I agree with you. Uh, and Steve, I would like you to have a conversation with Brendan from Coach Trip, says Gene. We've had a conversation before. He has featured on the programme. Uh, Brian lives uh, uh, next to Kew Bridge Railway Station. And on Saturday night from about 2am, the blooming workers decided to start cutting rails with cutting equipment. And with the weather being so nice, the windows were open. The noise echoed so loud. My location uh, choice, so I had to just shut up and get on with it. Yeah, that's the problem. I mean, some of the things they can only do at night, as you know, when they're sort of out there. Uh, Steve. Oh, sorry, I've just done that one, haven't I? Uh, a lot of people telling me about the the wedding. I've not met anybody yet out of um, out of all the people that we've, uh, we've spoken to on Twitter and, and email and stuff like that who've actually said they're going to Windsor. Not, not necessarily to partake in the wedding, but to actually go and stand by the side of the road and wave a flag going, Harry, Harry. Nobody, I've met. No, I mean it's 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 odd, isn't it? I thought there'd be something. It's not far away. It's not far away. But I'm I'm just sort of wondering why there's nobody. Will I be watching it on TV? Probably. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I probably will. Depends what time of the day it is. Lunchtime. We see. I might have interviews. So I'd, if, if oh, it's a Saturday. All oh, right, I'm definitely haven't got. I can't think of any excuses now. I don't have any excuses. No, I, I will probably watch it. I'll probably sit down with a, you know, a small croissant or something and um, and watch it. What, what's the date? Nineteenth of May. I won't. I won't be drinking. I won't be raising a glass because I should be teetotal in preparation for the cataracts. But uh, no, I'll, I'll, I'll watch it. Yeah, I think so. In between my phone ringing, people saying, "Are you watching us?" I'll be going, "Yeah." And I sat down and watched the whole of Diana's funeral. I don't think I'm bothered with uh, with William. Oh, I watch William's marriage as well. God, this is getting worse, isn't it? Ridiculous. Uh, Len, one of the judges from Strictly, bless his heart, he's admitted smoking marijuana as a 1960s rebel. The trouble is, you didn't have to be a rebel to smoke marijuana in the 60s. The 73-year-old who retired from the show revealed his dope-smoking past in a radio slot. I mean, everybody. You know, in those days, if you were of a certain age, you know, sort of the, the mid, sort of late teens, early 20s, people smoked dope, I suppose. They had a, a smoke in the other day. Do you remember there was a piece in the paper where they had a picture of a load of people in a park in London because they want the legalisation of marijuana. It'll make driving in the capital interesting, won't it? People stoned out of their mind, crashing things, going, whoo and waving at the same time. 
you know. So what happened? Well, the driver leant out of the window, started driving with his feet, and then smashed into a lamppost. Brilliant, because we've legalised marijuana. Uh, Martin Lewis, you know, he's very angry at the moment, and I can understand it. They're using his image to sell various companies, and he's furious, as indeed he would be, as indeed he would be, because he's not endorsing these places. They have no right to use his image. We had it the other day, didn't we? Somebody's baby was used in something. They thought it was a library picture, and it turned out not to be. And uh, that was Fern McCann. That'll be the hard-working Fern McCann. Uh, the audience at the Les Miserables show put on by inmates in a prison were amazed by the lavish quality of the production. Members of the public paid up to 70 quid a ticket to see the lags at drug-played HMP Highdown perform the hit musical with the help of a professional opera company. One said the set, lighting, costumes, music and all the backstage areas were all West End standards. Heavens above. I don't, I'm, I'm looking through the, the sort of pictures of, the, uh, of what looks like the professional people and then the lags. And, and you can pick them out quite easily. They're not difficult to pick out here. Somebody says, I wasn't sure what to expect, but I was blown away, literally, uh, by the performance from the, from the cast. There you go, Les Miserables. At the end of the day, you're in other day. Uh, tickets range from 35 quid to £70. Pounds. Um, if all the shows sold out, it would have netted £90,000 in total. And then the Sun have put down, do you recognise any of the lags in this show? Call us now. <laughs> so next week, identify the lags. OK, that'll be a nice one. What an odd thing to do, wrote this. Stephen Moyes. Yeah, identify the lag. Was this your brother, your father? You know, what are they in prison for? Well, they're in prison for thieving. Well, they're now Gavroche. In Les I love it. Uh, the water shortage, chaos over the uh, marathon. Lots of rubbish. Lots of rubbish picked out. People were stretched away and uh, and it all went very well. But, of course, the one who gets the publicity is dreary old Katie Price. After God, she's not on Loose Women today. Oh, so I couldn't manage it. Oh, God, honestly. We bored witless. Only £2,150. What a shame. Obviously, her fan doesn't have any money. Or if they have, they've decided to spend it elsewhere. Unlike Toby Tarrant, who raised £21,000 to make some noise. That's what you call a result, Katie. What a shame it didn't happen for you. But there again, if you don't train for something, you can't expect to do it, can you? So it was a load of old old gouache, really. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Uh, the Sun have done an exposure today on drug dealers. Uh, but these are drug dealers who, uh, they don't want to do clubs, so they advertise on Gumtree on something called Craigslist. And they sort of use coded messages, and they will come and deliver your cocaine to you. It's obviously very lucrative, and there's one here that advertises Charlie Movie for sale. I suppose this is how they get round it. So somebody says, oh, they're actually selling a movie. And they say, one for £50, two for £80. Call or text. And they put a number down, which is blocked out. And um, uh, this particular dealer says, uh, I only do Charlie, which is the slang word for cocaine. He says, if you've got people, you can give me great. If not, I'll bring it to you for whatever you've ordered. And then there's another one. Beautiful Telecaster guitar. £60. Uh, Telecaster guitar, name unknown. New strings, guitar looks as new. Little or no sign of wear, including guitar cover. Please take a good look at the photos. And what he's basically selling is tablets. He's selling tablets and weed and stuff like that. And they all do it because they can't be bothered to wander around clubs anymore. There must be a huge market for it. I know I, I don't want to appear naive. I don't want people to think I don't understand about uh, drugs. I'm well aware of drugs. I've never, I've never done it. 
I've got to try and keep a reasonable level head when I'm doing a programme. Imagine four o'clock in the morning. Starts it all of a sudden. Steve Allen develops this sort of dreadful sniff or something like that. Or rolls up a spliff or something. But uh, they've got all these people here. And they've got the undercover reporter. It's obviously quite easy to get hold of. And I should imagine the police must be absolutely overrun with it. I mean, trying to stop these people. You see them when they do their cars, where they stop cars and then people try and do run-offs and all the rest. They don't realise they're going to be caught at some point. Uh, also another picture. Oh, good Lord, Molly King in her underwear. What a surprise. God in heaven, honestly. But uh, she's looking a bit older now, but she's got a new boyfriend, so that's good. Because every time she gets one, out they go with a photographer. And... Um, she was wearing lingerie for a photo shoot. Well, there's a surprise. There's a surprise. She doesn't really seem to do anything else. I don't know why they bother talking about the fact she was a singer, because that went out the window donkeys years ago. And so she's got a boyfriend. He's called Stuart Broad. And uh, he's about... They, in fact, they look like, like the Clancy's. Abby Clancy and her bloke. You know, he's about ten foot tall and she's about three foot tall. And the same for poor Molly King. But as I say, perhaps you can stop doing the underwear shots now, dear. We've seen it all before. It's all very sweet, isn't it? Uh, the Britain's Got Talent Priest, the papers very happily tell you that he's got two albums out already. They say a nervous singer. He wasn't nervous at all. It was just codswallop. It really was. He comes from Ireland. Everybody sings, don't they? And he's brought out albums. And uh, whether they're successful, I've got no idea. But he did a rendition of Everybody Hurts by R.E.M. So he turned up in his dog collar. And you think, I mean, I'm sorry, dear. What, where do you see this going? You know, what sort of... Do you think all of a sudden they're going to invite you on to sort of the Palladium or something like that? A singing vicar. I thought every vicar sang, but uh, this one's got his albums out. And uh, they say... But he's actually far from a newcomer. In fact, hardly anybody on this programme is a newcomer. They've all been on everything before. In fact, mainly on programmes uh, overseas. You know, they've got people who uh, who came over from um, from Russia people who came over from uh, East Europe. It's everything. But uh, Ray, who told the judges he sang in church, failed to mention his extensive experience in the music industry, which has seen him travel to America with this sellout Hallelujah tour. He recorded a 10-track album called Where I Belong, which went platinum, and more than 40,000 sales. And he's also got his Britain's Got Talent audition track and a 13-track Christmas album. Not not the innocent little vicar from round the corner that you might have thought. Because all these people, they, they, they come with history. And they, we're, we're led to believe... I don't know how many people watching the programme in the audience realise that all these people, they're all semi-professional. If he's done a tour of America, he's not just the local vicar. Somebody's gone, can you sing, darling? And he comes around and goes, yes, I can. Yeah, what, what, do, you, what do you sing? I'm going to do R.E.M. What? Where's that come into it? Seriously, it's, it's, it's like Father Ted all over again, isn't it? It's just on television. Phil Vickery's up. Phil Vickery's up this morning, so that's good news. I had breakfast the other day. I was a bit naughty. I had a breakfast with toast and bacon. And what I did, I buttered the toast and I put the bacon in the middle of it and then folded it over and ate it. I mean, it's really bad, but I, I, I felt guilty, but in sort of a nice kind of way. Camilla Parker Bowles has seen ghosts. I imagine there must be loads in some of the places she's been to. And uh, she re uh, recalls being frozen in horror in one of Prince Charles's mansions. She was so spooked out, she refused to return to the 18th century stately home for years. Oh, don't tell that woman who does the So Haunted biggest pile of rubbish on the television. I mean, seriously, from Blue Peter presenter to, oh, look, there's a ghost. It's going to contact us. No, it's not, dear. It's just your balmy imagination. But anyway, this was at Dumfries House in Ayrshire. Oh, oh, here we go. Ten years ago. Oh, I thought it was yesterday. I'm a bit disappointed now, really. 
But uh, anyway, so it's for a TV documentary. And uh, she claims that renovation work exercised the spirit. Stop it. Stop it now. Don't be silly. Don't need that kind of thing. There was no... There was no exercising of a spirit. There's none of this, you know, we're going to bring in somebody. There's no spinning heads or... There's none of that, OK? You know, if ever you hear something, it'll be just... It'll be your own imagination. That's why Yvette Fielding and her balmy mad group of people all claim to have seen the same... Everywhere they go, have you noticed? Every single place they go, what was that? What was that? And you think, it's you, dear. It's you. Have a look in the mirror and that'll be you looking like the hooded bat. It's rubbish. It really is. If you want to believe stuff like that, believe it. But it's it's just an entertainment. Uh, short, wild and tragic. Who could that be? Only Vern Troyer. Uh, the tragic life of the two foot eight inch uh, Vern. He'd had problems emotional uh, be par- um, in, in, in the past. He also had apparently a, a huge appetite for sex and booze. Yeah, well, whatever. I don't know. But uh, he had a partner and... Um, she was. Uh, he had, he's got an ex-wife. As, did you ever see a picture of his ex-wife? Sort of like a glamour model. I mean, whether I mean, he's like this big, and she up there. She can barely reach his hand when she reaches down. But uh, he obviously liked doing things. He'd not been well. He'd had issues with, I think, drink over a long period of time. Like Avicii, I think he had problems as well. I think something to do with his pancreas, and uh, so that was a bit bad. But it's, it, we've had a bad week actually last week. I'm hoping this week's going to be a wee bit better. Thank you very much indeed, if you're looking down on us, God. Um, also, um, a tattoo artist to the stars who called his salon, I can't tell you, has just lost a legal battle to stop a nearby cactus shop using the same name. A cactus shop? I've never heard of a cactus shop before. How many people are into Oh, please put your hands down if you're into cactuses. Most boring plant in the world. But it's like watching... Have you ever seen tattoo fixers on the television? Tattoo fixes is where sad people who've had tattoos done, like Brooklyn Beckham, and uh, and then you go in there because you've either divorced the person or it was done in a moment of madness, and so the tattoo fixes change it. And there's two blokes who do it. They've got some very irritating so-called receptionist. She's a pain in the rear end. What she's doing on the programme, I've got no idea. She doesn't appear to know anything about tattoos. Just sits again, so where do you have the tattooed? And she says something, what are you doing on this programme? Get off. Get off, please. Davina McCall, forking out for a quickie. All roads lead back to it, don't they? Two and a half million, they reckon. She's agreed to give up at least two and a half million. The one thing about Davina is, uh, is that she works. And she works and she saves her money. So she's got a lovely house. Uh, She was married for 17 years to Matthew uh, Robertson. And she wants to embrace the single life. I think you're going to have to be pretty fit. I think you're really going to have to be uh, pretty fit to actually go out with Davina McCall. She's going to be very demanding. I love her. Love her to pieces. But she's decided that the the mansion that they've got in East Sussex, they bought it in 2009 for £3.2 million. So she's just decided she's going to pay him off. And so he'll get, you know, a million from that and then a million and a half for something else. And you think, well, you know, nice if you can afford to do something like that. But she just wants, you know, once, once people get to the end of it... Because I remember saying to her when I talked to her off air, I said, everything all right? She went, it's fine. It's fine. I think she's very focused. She knows exactly what she's doing. I love her. What you see with her is what you get. You don't, there's no airs, no graces, nothing at all. You know, she's just straight down the line. Straight down the line. And uh, another one here. (laughs) A friend of mine who did the marathon the other day. He did very well. He said, can you nip round and help me put my socks on, please? 
<laughs> that was my joke when my back went. Do you remember? I couldn't put my pants on. I had to put my pants on with a with a, a metal coat hanger. It was the only way I couldn't bend down. And a friend of mine's got a really bad back at the moment. He did very well, though, friend of mine. Very, very well. I'm very pleased. Very pleased. Lots of pictures and, and stuff like that. So very, very pleased. I like it when people do well in the marathon. But this, this friend of mine is very fit. Very, very fit. In fact, he looks fit. He is fit. And, um, and he did very well on it. Uh, so, who did I speak to yesterday? Oh, I spoke to Peter Whittle yesterday, who was a friend of uh, Dale's, which is, uh, which is nice. And, uh, and then somebody else... I've just, I've just missed somebody else's... Oh, Stuart Manning. He says, you've had me in stitches this morning. That's my other sideline. He says, great way to start a busy week. I know, I'm hoping actually not for a busy week. <laughs> no, it seems a bit selfish, but I've decided I don't want a busy week this week. I have, I've got an interview in on uh, Wednesday, so uh, I'm looking forward to that. And today it's going to be planting and contacting hospital. So many blooming medical things to do and fix in. It's just ridiculous. I've got three over the next few weeks. And then, uh, then we've got the cataract. So I've got to phone up. If you don't phone up, as I said before, you've got to, uh, you sort of miss it out and they give the appointment to somebody else. And that ain't going to be happening anytime soon. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Blisters, back pain, can't reach down. Oh, I just feel exhausted, don't you? You feel exhausted. Actually, the nice thing is that uh, a number of people around here who did do the marathon the other day, have, uh, have got the day off. Wusses. <laughs> I'd have done it. I'd have run. Not really. Nick Ferrari with you. He wouldn't have run either, actually. Nick and I had been sitting there just uh, just enjoying a bottle of Prosec. Uh, coming up with Nick Ferrari at breakfast this morning at 7, Theresa May's team have admitted that the UK may have to stay in the EU's customs union after Brexit. But would this reflect what Britain voted for two years ago? Health Secretary Jeremy Hunt wants to introduce new laws to force social media firms to do more to protect children. Nick will find out what form these laws might take. Plus, as Britain cools down from uh, this morning, millions of hay fever sufferers across the country are set to suffer from a pollen bomb. Nick will find out exactly what's causing it. That's all with Nick Ferrari at breakfast this morning from 7 here on LBC. Actually, when I came in on Sunday morning yesterday... I remember saying to her, I said, oh, did you see all the thunder? I said to Zora Suleiman, did you see the thunder and lightning? She went, no. Because when I woke up, and it was about, I don't know, half past 10, 11, 12, something like that, I looked out and, and there was lightning crashing about all over the sky, which I, I thought was quite nice. I assumed that was just to do with the temperatures. And then there was some of the rumble of thunder. And I went back inside, made myself a cup of coffee. And the next minute, I thought, what is that noise? Looked out through the door. It was tipping it down. I mean, like proper tipping it down. Filled up my water butt really quickly, like two seconds. And, and I thought, good grief. I thought, I'm never, I'm never going to get to work. I'm going to drown just getting to the car. And then, as miraculously as it arrived, it vanished again. So, uh, so that was fairly good news. I do know a lady called Jenny who's got, uh, who's got blisters at the moment, as indeed would most people have who were, who were running the other day. But well done if you, if you made it. Well done if you managed to get to the end of it, even though it might have taken five hours I heard five hours. I mean, I can't even imagine anything lasting five hours. Ridiculous. But well done, especially if you're raising money for charity. Um, another one here. So I'm just sort of quickly checking about uh, what everybody else is saying in the papers today. They're all saying roughly the same kind of thing, actually. I tell you, you started tweeting every single day, and that's Simon Thomas, whose wife died quite suddenly, you remember. And I assume it's actually sort of getting him through 
uh, what's, you know, an incredibly difficult period. You know, an incredibly difficult period. Some blokes just tweeted, good luck to everybody who's running the marathon. hate to tell him it's finished, but, you know, <laughs> what can you do? Uh, what can you do? Um, also, uh, the Queen's starting the London Marathon. Somebody said she'd got no chance of getting under four hours in this heat. She's, I mean, she looked as though she was wearing the most incredibly heavy uh, clothing. I can't wait to see this uh, Love, Simon movie, which is coming out. They're encouraging all young people to see it. it it's it based, actually, on a woman coming out, but they've twisted it round to uh, to be a man and getting rave reviews in America, you know, people being sort of told, go see this film. It'll change your opinion of everything. Um, Pauline watched a very old copy of An Evening with Kenneth Williams, and I was stuck with the parallels between him and Dale. For example, towards the end of Kenneth's life, he's supposed to have written, oh, what's the point? And he always searched for happiness. Although he was extremely talented, he never believed in himself. Yes, I think Dale believed in himself. I don't have any doubt of that in my mind. But he, he, he did go, I've had enough. And I think that was, he was referring basically to, to the country. I think he wanted the country to be better and he thought that it was sort of, it was sort of running away with itself. And, um, and he was tired, but I don't think there'd be anything in his mind that would, you know, all we need to do is find out what, what the cause was. And, uh, and then everybody said to me, what, what's he going to do with his money? I said, well, I don't know. Depends how much he's going to leave, doesn't it, at the end of the day? I firmly believe now, I think that he was renting a place, um, in London, and the reason he was renting is so that he was ready to move into somewhere else so he could be a cash buyer because he, he wouldn't have got another mortgage at the age of 62 because there wasn't any income, as far as I know and uh, I think what he would have done is said, well, listen, if I rent a place and that was up near where his cleaner lived that's where his cleaner was living up there, so at least he had, and there was also a rumour I heard the other day, that there was a man living there with him. Now, whether or not this was a boyfriend or something, I don't know. He was pictured in a restaurant with two other men. But as I say, he sort of he sort of flicked his friends around quite a lot over the years. There were a lot of sort of new people that sort of popped in and uh, and he sort of maybe sort of left a few people by by the wayside. But that was him. That was what he did. You know, if it made him happy, that was fine. But unfortunately, it didn't make him happy. That was that was the big problem. But I think that he would have rented a place. She'd have said, look, there's a house up here for rent. And you can get it for 3000 a month. And then you can look around and decide what you want to do. And then he'd have had the money. Because he sold for £2.6 And I think he paid about 600 for the house. I think it's about 600000 Which actually, for what was a four-bedroom house at the time, which magically, <laughs> magically became a one-bedroom house. I was talking to Alastair Duval. He used to do a programme on the television called Keynotes. And, uh, and we were laughing about the house that sort of went from four bedrooms down to basically one with a bathroom put into a bed. And it was all very peculiar, actually. The configuration was, was decidedly odd. Uh, Steve, I wonder if uh, any of Harry's exes, Cressida, Bonus, Chelsea, Davy, are thinking they've had a lucky escape or are they jealous of Meghan? I think they'll be going. I have a feeling they're invited to the to the wet. Why not? I don't think he ever falls out with anybody. Well, I don't think so. He had a few tussles a few years ago when he came out drunk from a nightclub and lashed out at a photographer. You know, I think because the, the royal family made a rod for their own back, they started pretending that they were celebrities, as opposed to keeping that air between us and them. It was all opened up, and so, you know, they were sort of doing their chats and all the rest of it. Some of them terribly tedious. And uh, Tara says, I was catching up with Britain's Got Talent yesterday, and we do, don't we? Despite the inaccurate grammar on the title, I do like the don't try this at home warnings. I know, because I was thinking of finding somebody who wanted to balance on my head and walk up and down a ladder kind of thing. Uh, I'm listening in a castle in Belarus, says Andrew. 
Lovely. And uh, Bob says, I'm driving to your manor as I'm working in the studios today. Uh, looks nice around here. It is nice, actually. Uh, did you manage to get anything planted, says CJ? Nope. Today. Today will be the day. I'm just... Because I'm, I'm trying to keep up with my next-door neighbour. Because she's, she's way ahead of it. But I think she broke one of her pots. One of her terracotta pots. And one of mine cracked the other day. And I'm debating whether to throw it away. Because I think... I don't want it to go. Uh, or failing that, put some glue over the crack. I don't know. I don't know what to do. I'm in two minds. Front pages of the, the papers. They're all over the place today. Uh, there's no one theme that wanders through. So the sun have gone for the inmates starring in the lavish jail show at £70 a ticket. They were starring in Les Miserables, but uh, many of them are, are lags. That's what they call them. But they've also invited you to phone them if you know anybody. You know, who do you know who's in prison? So uh, that's, their, that's their front page. Uh, plus, very small headlines, the PM vowed to exit Customs Union. Uh, the Daily Mail, Pippa's baby joy. At last, some good news for the in-laws, mired in scandal. Does seem to be that, doesn't it? They've had they've had sort of their their fair share. The car theft kit for sale on Amazon. I reckon you could buy anything on Amazon. And this is a car kit, which is uh, one of them is a skeleton key. I've never seen a skeleton key like this. I mean, to be honest with you, I feel like buying one just to see how the blooming thing works. But this is for a car. This is a car skeleton key. It's not a skeleton key for anything else. And you sort of put it in, and apparently it can be used on Fords. I only tell you this because it's written in the paper today. I'm not sort of selling it in any way. Uh, plus, they've also got the original fob and a blank fob, so you can transfer one to the other. Makes it makes you realise, doesn't it? Plus, a reprogrammable device, which means that it's just basically a mouse clip away that people can buy uh, and steal your car. If somebody's going to steal your car, they're going to steal the car. I mean, I've got a little pouch that my key goes in, and... And believe you me, what's it made of? I can't remember what it's made of now. There's a name for it. I can't remember. Whatever it is, uh, radio waves don't get through it. Because I tried, I put it in the pouch just to see if it worked. Well, I couldn't open the car. And so I took it out the pouch and, lo and behold, you can open the car. So I put it back in the pouch, tried it again. No, you definitely can't do that. And, um, and I thought, well, that's actually quite clever. But again, it's just something else to put in your pocket, isn't it? I remember a friend of mine once, he said, he said, I've been told, he said, on the internet, there's a thing that if you're... If you're using your car fob and you leave it at home, OK, so you can't open the car, apparently you phone home on your mobile phone and you go, have you got the car fob there? And they go, yes. And you go, hold it to the phone and you can hold your phone to the car door and it would open the car door. I said to him, don't talk rubbish. Don't talk. And he said, no, I've read it on the Internet. It says you can do this. So we did an experiment. He went down to his car. I went with him and we phoned a friend uh, who had the car fob. And we said, OK, push the button now. Of course, nothing's happening. And he said, um, he said, are you sure you're pushing the fob? And they went, yeah, of course we're pushing the fob. He said, why is it not working? I said, because it's not going to work, is it? He didn't believe me. I dined out on that story for ages. Uh, the Daily Star, the truth behind Vern's death. And no doubt there'll be more revelations. There always is. After somebody dies, for the first few days, they're very nice. And then there's sort of revelations about this and that and, you know, and all the rest of it. And when I spoke to the son the other day, they said they, they'd found somebody who'd been out with him for two years. When that occurred, I've got no idea. Somebody who apparently was working within the medical service up in the Midlands of all places. And you think to yourself, and you claimed you went out. And they said, oh, he was, he was he's young. He's about 22, 23. I said, it wouldn't have interested Dale in the slightest. 
He only went for people who looked like Omid Jalili, or if they were sort of builders or workmen or things like that. The butcher and the rougher the better. He didn't go for pretty boys. It was not his sort of thing. Uh, the Great British Bake is off. Hottest marathon ever. Uh, to minus five degrees frost. Oh, there you go. So you can be putting plants in the next minute. We'll probably have snow or something like that. It wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me. Why not? We've had every other thing, haven't we? Uh, still to come, dementia diet gave me my mum back. You might be interested in it. Whether it works, I couldn't guarantee. I'm just telling you what one man said. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. It's nine minutes to seven, so not as hot today, but you can get things done. Don't plant little plants out. I only warn you that now, because if we do get the frost in, as they predicted, uh, it'll sort of kill them off. Such a disaster to walk out there and see things all limp when they should be erect. Uh, The Daily Mirror, uh, their main story, Dementia Diet, gave me my mum back, and it's uh, a man here called Mark, uh, Mark Hatzer. His mum was unable to recognise him, so they went on this diet High in blueberries and walnuts. Now, uh, I know walnuts are very good for you, because I remember Barbara Windsor said to me ages and ages ago, she said, oh, walnuts. So I went, I bought the biggest bag of walnuts you could find. <laughs> now, I've never been a fan of walnuts, but if it staves off dementia, I might start buying walnuts. Might go and get things like that, which is very good. Nice to see um, Ian Botham uh, wearing a kilt. Unfortunately, the internet shows you a little bit more than that, as uh, he was uh, not wearing pants. Apparently you're not supposed to under a kilt. I can't think of any logical reason why you wouldn't. Uh, but apparently uh, real Scottish men don't wear pants. What is the purpose of that? Can somebody explain that to me? Anyway, Ian Botham didn't and pictures got released on the internet which was a little bit embarrassing. The Daily Express, why Pippa's in the doghouse because she took her dogs into a supermarket. I've never heard of anything so stupid. You know, I mean, surely she must have realised but uh, obviously not. Uh, scandal of shops selling knives to kids. I should imagine you could probably send kids into most shops and get them to uh, buy knives. They say kids as young as 14. But the trouble is most kids of 14 don't look 14, do they? They look 16 to 18 now. And so what they did, they bought... Um, they went into various places, high street chains, supermarkets, including Marks & Spencer. More than a quarter of the shops they visited were ready to sell blades to youngsters, even though the law says buyers must be 18 or over. I didn't tell you the story, well, I did, no, I didn't tell you the story, actually, of the supermarket I went into, and I wanted to buy some Anodine Extra, and there was a special offer, and so I bought six packets. And when I get to the till, the person says, um, oh, I can only, obviously the till flags it up and says, I can only sell you two packets. So I went, oh, right, okay. And so then she said to me, do, do you want them all? And I went, yeah. So when, when we'd finished doing the transaction, she did two separate transactions. So I ended up with six packets of Anadin Extra. A friend of mine says, but that's illegal. I said, well, what's to stop you going into one supermarket and buying a packet and then going to a chemist and buying a packet and then somewhere else buying a packet? There is that danger, isn't there? Uh, there was somebody dressed as Paddington in the London Marathon. And there's pictures in the paper today. In fact, there's actually quite a lot of pictures of people wearing fancy dress. Puffins are in peril, apparently. One in eight bird species are threatened with global extinction. Puffins? I thought there were millions of puffins. I know that some, some of them, bless their little hearts, get taken as they're flying desperately, desperately through the air to try and get back to the, uh, the nest. And so 40% of bird species worldwide are in decline. And who's being blamed? Us. Us. Probably this plastic thing again, isn't it? I bet you. Uh, more than an other... Uh, This is a story in the Daily Telegraph. I told Meghan what it means to be mixed race in Britain. I don't know who that is. You'll have to read that yourself. Also, Paul Haywood on uh, Arsene Wenger's long and painful 
goodbye. He was manager of... See, I know nothing about football. Was it Arsenal? He's the Arsenal manager. He still is for a few weeks. And has he retired? Or he's... He's leaving. OK, do we know why he's leaving? Is there a reason for him to leave? OK, they've been rubbish. So, so have they got rid of him? Or... He's choosing to go. OK, so we're, we're saving face. Would he have earned a lot of money? I mean, would that be... Would he be earning more than, say, you know, a million a year? Oh, right, more, more than three... Eight million a year. Not surprised I want to get rid of him. Eight million a year. Good heavens above, honestly. If only my parents had let me play football. If only. Just hockey, I'm afraid. It's not very good. Uh, the heat is on and Farrah's on fire. This is Mo Farah. And um, he ran into the history books yet again. Uh, the police dropping an investigation into a bishop who was besmirched by the church. And this is uh, a police investigation into George Bell, the late former Bishop of Chichester, has been dropped amid criticism of the Archbishop of Canterbury for smearing his name. Sussex police told the Daily Telegraph they were no longer investigating a new allegation referred to them earlier this year. A spokesman said the investigation was completed in March and said further police investigation or action is not possible as Bell died 60 years ago. 60 years ago? They're digging that one up. Anyway, an independent review released last year by Lord Carlyle found that Bell had been besmirched by the church in 2015 when officials released a statement formally apologising over allegations of abuse made by a woman now in her 70s. So they paid her 16,800 quid and uh, over this uh, alleged sexual abuse over a period of four years. But there you go. Uh, the Duchess refused to visit Charles's haunted house. This is from ages ago, that story. I mean, that really is an old, old story. Uh, the Times, first for football, Arsene Wenger, eight million a year, leaving. Uh, they've not done very well, and um, he's chosen to go. I suppose it's... I mean, I'm convinced it's one of those, you know, would, would you like to go... Or should we say that we've sort of parted company? But if, if we do this, we can say it's amicable, can't we? And if it's, if it's amicable, it's OK. Facebook sued by personal finance guru. He's furious, as you can well imagine. Putting his face to something he's got nothing to do with must be absolutely driving him insane. Uh, runners passing the old Royal Naval College in Greenwich. Uh, May faces Brexit showdown. Prime Minister to be warned by colleagues over customs union compromise. Uh, betting limit blocked. Apparently, Philip Hammond, the Chancellor, has prevented a cut to the maximum stake for fixed odds betting machines. Oh, well. <laughs> there you go. There you go. And the eye. Stay in the single market, says the UK public, plus uh, the record-breaking London Marathon. Apparently the hottest one on record. A lot of people very sore, very achy, achy this morning. Your achy, breaky hearts. But uh, at least you did it. Which is more than, of course, Katie Price did. She gets loads of coverage, but in fact didn't actually do anything at all. A little bit embarrassing. Uh, another one here. Oh, sorry, I haven't got, I've just realised I've got no more time, actually. We managed to get through everything. It's definitely colder this morning. You'll notice that the weather is definitely colder. But uh, enjoy it, because I think it's going to go colder this week. Typical, isn't it? Isn't it absolute? Just when you think to yourself, the weather's going to go, you know, really nice, and here we go into summer, and we're going to have some nice balmy afternoons. The heck we are. We're going to end up with some rotten weather. But uh, gardeners will not be put off. You'll all be out there. You'll be sort of surging around the garden centres. I'm hoping, actually, because it's not as warm today, that people might not be going to the garden centres, and it'll just be little old me. I'll be the one there. But uh, I wish you a pleasant day. Don't forget to download, if you can download or stream In Conversation. I need the numbers. And uh, Dan Snow and Rob Goldstone, both with very interesting stories to tell.
And if you make sure you download the LBC app, it's on the LBC website, lbc.co.uk, as well as listening to LBC wherever you are. You can listen back to this and all of our other programmes from the last week for free on our catch-up feature. And you can do that to get my free podcast as well. On my little bit extra today, I'll be looking back to yesterday's London Marathon and comparing the tweets of someone who didn't finish and somebody else who did. I do hope the legs are feeling better this morning. Simon Conway. You'll be also finding out the hilarious addition to the cast of Made in Chelsea. This one will be worth watching. Plus, I'll let you know what Ewan McGregor's daughter's up to. She's almost copying Ian Botham. That's all on my little bit extra, which will be available very shortly, and it's totally free. Just download the LBC app for iPhone or Android and tap on Catch Up. It's as simple as that. Coming up at 10 this morning, it's James O'Brien. But next, the award-winning Nick Ferrari with Breakfast. If you enjoyed this podcast, listen to Steve Allen live from 4am Monday to Friday and Saturday and Sunday from 5am.